You're watching No Go Zone with Henry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. Thanks so much for being here today. I'm Henrik. You're watching Red Ice TV, and it's another 90-degree day here uh, in northern Idaho. No AC in the house. We'll see how long I last. I might have to turn on a fan behind me here in a little bit. Uh, we'll see. Five minutes in, I'm going to be sweating here, so we'll see what happens. Uh, yes, that's how it goes sometimes. Got to buy some more uh, portable AC units here. But anyway, I'm not going to whine and complain. We have a lot of uh, good stuff, actually, to get to today. Uh, some very interesting developments with Nord Stream, obviously. We have some uh, fights between uh, LGBTQ plus IP2S people and Muslims uh, in various parts. We'll look at some of that footage. Um, of course, as I said, the, the, we have the, the thing with Tucker, too. I kind of wanted to mention that a little bit. So he started his show uh, on Twitter yesterday, so we have a little uh, piece on that. Uh, I'm glad he mentioned a few of the things that he did mention. It was, it was, it's looking, it's looking good. I assume it's a start. I, I assume they're going to go uh, maybe not any deeper, but uh, make it uh, even more similar to his old show in a way. But anyways, we have that, and then we have, of course, have the Instagram stuff, right? We have a whole pedo network that essentially. Uh, was discovered. Big surprise, because of course this hasn't happened before on social media. Regularly this pops up, you know, it's like YouTubers are using uh, tag systems in certain videos and certain time code tag systems to find specific uh, spots that these pedophiles like to watch, even if it's like a an innocent video of someone, a little girl jumping in a pool or something like that, and then these pedophiles were like putting in time tags and shit like this, right? that they share with each other. Uh, me meanwhile, of course, you know, Twitter, that's a cesspool in and of itself, has been certainly. I think Elon did clean some of the child uh, pedophile stuff up. Uh, but uh, Facebook, same thing, massive issues, right? Uh, and they haven't dealt with this. They, 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 instead, they've focused on taking down white nationalist content and things like this, right? Right-wing content. That's the big Q. That's the big problem, not pedophilia. Uh, almost proving them right, right? All right. So that's some of the things we're going to get to today. Uh, Entropy Stream should be up and running. If you guys want to super chat, support the show, uh, we'll read those on the air. You can also super chat on Odyssey and Rumble. I think we're live. I think we're going out in all the places. No issues, I think. Should be good. All right. So I wanted to. Uh, we had to. For those of you guys in the New York area, I guess uh, your skies are orange right now. You can't uh, hardly breathe, apparently. And I uh, saw people sometimes. <laughs> Was some people from Canada had been shooting uh, what uh, pellets that were on fire in, into the U.S. side or something like that? It's interesting though because there's been a few of these cases, right? We had the wildfires in Sweden a few years ago. I think that's maybe three years ago now, and you've seen them in California. There was uh, suspected that there was like Antifa arsons and stuff like that in other parts of the West. You've had uh, immigrants who essentially have gone out into the woods and just trying to torch everything down. Maybe just for the hell of it, uh, or maybe it's like, I hate this country, burn to the ground, you know, kind of like, who knows what it is, right? As far as I know, there's not like massive amount of this out yet, not that I came across. Maybe there's someone who's like found some smoking gun in regards to this, uh, but apparently the, the skies are ominous red uh, in uh, New York, around the New York area today. Uh, as we do the show, breathing, uh, those with breathing problems is, have a huge issue, obviously, right? Uh, not very good. I'm not sure how many acres is on is on fire up there, but it was like uh, a large area, uh, I guess, in both Canada. And it's I guess it's spreading into the New York area as well. Uh, so uh, my condolences if you're up there. It doesn't look uh, too fun. 
Uh, smog levels in the northeast. Yeah, Albany. This is a bordering Albany, I think, right over to the Canadian side. I forget if it started in Canada and then spread down or whatever the hell it was, but uh, not very good. Not very good. All right. Then we have this doozy, too. Just a couple of quick mentions here before we get into kind of the meat of the show. Uh, I like that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running, right? It's uh, There's some good stuff uh, that could potentially come out of this. I've said it before, but he's basically like the Bernie of uh, of 2016. They are massively, you know, the Democrat side and even the mainstream media is going to massively uh, try to, uh, well, I guess, I guess the mainstream media kind of, they, they had, had a kind of love relationship with Bernie, to be honest. Uh, but since Robert F. Kennedy Jr. brings attention to things such as the problem with uh, the vax and the jab, they have turned against uh, him on a level we haven't seen before. So he is actually going down to the uh, border, which is kind of fascinating, to be honest. Let's check out this video he did. He released this uh, just last night, essentially. Check this out here. Hey, everybody, I'm at the border wall around Yuma, Arizona. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning. Um, we've watched about 150 people come across. You can see the end of the wall down there. And we've watched about 150 people come across in the last hour. The first group were about uh, 50 or 60 people from Africa, from West Africa. This group that is filing behind me right now, we interviewed many of them. Uh, they're from Peru, Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Afghanistan, Bangladesh, India, China, Tibet, Nepal, and all together, uh, people have come across right here from 117 nations in the last couple of years. In three years, in total, 7 million people have come across the border illegally into our country. And from here, they're put on these buses. And they're brought to the Border Patrol station where they're processed. After four or five days, they're released on their own reconnaissance into our country, and most of them are never seen or heard from again. And this, the stories that we heard from these people are absolutely heartbreaking. This is a humanitarian crisis because of the understanding across the globe that we now have an open border here. There are people being drawn here. Uh, they're being abused. Uh, there, are, There's all kinds of just horrific, uh, terrible, terrible stories. And this is not a good thing for our country. It's not a good thing for these people. And it is unsustainable. All right. So a couple of things. There. I'm glad he's doing this. And I'm glad he's bringing this attention to the uh, I guess the Democrat side, some of those that are supporting him. He's running a decent uh, campaign, to be honest, so far. Uh, he's been, and by the way, when we talk about Instagram later, he was uh, censored at least temporarily from there. And then I think they reinstated his page again a little bit later. But uh, he had that uh, COVID-19 uh, kind of row, I guess, as the British would say, a couple of, uh, well, maybe actually, actually a year ago now. Uh, when he uh, was censored from Facebook and things like that, right? Uh, and Meta now, but Facebook and Instagram because of like his objection to this stuff. Um, so it's absolutely hypocritical, right? That um, 
he can't bring up stuff about uh, the, the the COVID jab. He gets censored, of course. They're kicking off white nationalists, and then they let the pedophiles run free. But anyway, back to the uh, open borders issue here. G- great that he's bringing attention to this, and great that he's down there. The sob stories, frankly, I just I don't care much for that. Who cares? Uh, it's not our responsibility or Americans' responsibility. Uh, to take care of these people. I, I would extend the conversation to the entire West where Europeans live. Uh, it's not a responsibility. Uh, sure, you might have uh, shitty situations in your country, but it's up to you to fix those issues and get together with your men in that region and take care of business. It's not up to us to pay for you and to fix your problems. We have plenty of sob stories now in our own countries. We can't afford to pay, you know, feed some of our own people. I read a story yesterday in Sweden. It was like, one in four young parents, uh, you know, they're a little younger, so they don't haven't, you know, they haven't made that much money yet, but they they have children, are struggling to feed their kids uh, breakfast. Uh, apparently, things like this. The el- don't even get me started about the elderly, for example, right? The pensioners uh, and the just horrific conditions that that our old people and young people now live in inside of our own countries. And we're supposed to, you know, accept these people just because they're armed with sob stories? Like, no, <laughs> fuck that shit. We're we're done. Uh, so anyway, I guess he has to have that kind of little liberal spin on this or whatever. But he but he's correctly pointing out uh, that yes, since everyone assumes and thinks and correctly, I guess so, that the borders of the U.S. remains open, everybody wants to come, and so millions of people are now flooding in. And they're taking them into uh, the interior of the country, as we've said, uh, even around in these parts in northern Idaho, we've now seen uh, like minivans full of what looks like uh, people from South America just driving around randomly. People are seeing in some cases it's like a two, three, four of them. And it's like they're just dumping them in some of these areas. And somebody has to be like housing them, taking them in, kind of helping them to, whether it's to get settled in. And in some cases it's the churches, it's these cucked damn churches that are bringing them in. In some cases it's other types of NGOs and help organizations and stuff like that. And of course, there's a lot of federal money in this, right? 17 You, you guys, let me pause that. You should check out the, the segment we did in the latest Western Warrior uh, about Jewish family services. And we kind of uh, looked into a little bit more of that, what that actually is. And it's an organization that basically is uh, an underling to Hyas. You know, Hyas was kind of on the map and the radar a while ago. People were criticizing Hyas. So now they've basically taken what they did with Hyas and kind of outsourced their that work to like smaller local uh, organizations instead. And many of them go by the name of Jewish family services, by the way. That's just one. but. I mean, there's millions of them. But anyway, they get, uh, you know, they, they dig into the federal trough, as, as I say, uh, of all the money that they can get to relocate these people. So it's absolutely, it is, it is evil uh, for, for, for many, many reasons. But it's the most evil against us, of course, because we're the ones who are being displaced in all of this, too. Uh, if you just had, if you just put your foot down, you uh, told people you had a strong border, you're not going to get in. A lot of them, of course, wouldn't come. All it takes is a couple of strong-handed, you know, um, examples. And I think a lot of people would be hopefully looking at that and saying, whoops, you know, that's that's no good. All right. So good for him for being there. We're going to continue watching uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. see what he does here. But uh, I'm, I'm glad he's running. All right. So now to uh, one of the bigger stories here today. Uh, Nord Stream 2, right? This has been an incredible thing to watch. The reactions to it, the cover-up of the obvious perpetrators of this. And we might not, as I've said before, 
have all the specific details and whether you go with a you know Seymour Hirsch version of this or whatever uh, or some variant thereof I think it's mostly safe to say that we have NATO US uh, you know army and and potentially another country whether that's Poland or Norway as Hirsch have suggested or Germany or something like that but maybe not Germany fr- frankly but uh, Poland uh, there's other countries that would line up to do some shit like this so the Washington Post had a story here uh, that talked about how <clears throat> this Caitlin Johnson was was uh, writing about this that the, the CIA learned last June via European spy agency that a six person team of Ukrainian special operations forces intended to sabotage the Russia to Germany natural gas project. This was released yesterday. Now again, I do have to mention real quick before we talk more about this. It, this could be a diversion. It's very uh, po- probable. And it could be a, a fake story to kind of divert from the, the the real issue here, which is the U.S. Instead, what they've done is, of course, to blame a small faction of uh, a Ukrainian special ops team. Remember that stuff about the uh, uh, the Andromeda, the the sailboat that was used. <laughs> that was some photos out. Apparently, this was the boat that they did this from. Uh, a yacht's possible role in Nord Stream uh, Nord Stream's blast. Uh, the Guardian had a piece about that. Char- uh, drivers used chartered yachts to sabotage Nord Stream pipelines. And people are like, "This you could." They were talking about the the diving times and the pressures and the fact that you couldn't. Uh, you would have to have a uh, pressure uh, chamber, right? What do they call it? Dyka clock. We call it in Sweden uh, a pressure chamber, essentially, as you as you ascend. And you can't fit that, of course, on something uh, like that yacht there, Andromeda. Uh, so people are saying there has to be a larger vessel, most likely military. We had the story of the uh, kind of the missing or the uh, the uh, out of control. Uh, uh, what was it again? A Poseidon two? I might be have wrong on one of the details here. It's a little bit fussy. It was a while ago since I talked about it, but yeah, Poseidon two. I think it was right. Uh, one of the planes that had seen circling and stuff like that. Uh, Hirsch have done a couple of interviews and apparently has some of the details he claims from some of the leaks or whatever. Uh, but I, so that could be a diversion. I'm just you know saying that before here. But it's still interesting that if that even if this is true, the official story, as Caitlin Johnson says here. Wait. So the official story is now that the CIA had foreknowledge that forces who are backed by the CIA planned to attack the Nord Stream. That's their defense, claiming that Nord Stream was essentially a CIA-backed operation. I mean, if you're saying. Ukrainian special forces operation were behind an attack on an international energy infrastructure and your agency knew about it and your agency has been training Ukrainian special ops forces since before the war began. Is that really a defense? In other words, that's saying you allowed it to happen. You had four. It's kind of like the 9-11 discussion in a way like, okay, maybe you weren't exactly the one who pulled it off. Like your, your hands wasn't on it. Uh, directly, but of course you allowed it to happen, right? You you let oh we're knowledge about this. Let's just let's go ahead. This is great for us, kind of thing. Uh, but again, this is this uh, this doesn't make uh, it doesn't make sense, right? And you had you had some of the good memes coming out at the time, right? Uh, as they said, the uh, Ukrainian friendly uh, pro Ukrainian group, right? Uh, otherwise known as Navy Seals. Remember this? Uh, here's the uh, the underwater demolition. Uh, <laughs> patch for for the u.s navy seals uh his was this the pro-ukrainian group behind the Nord Stream attack of course it's very probable uh even of course radix uh sokorsky he, he uh, tweeted out this and then later on deleted it thank you usa uh right after i'm sure you guys 
uh, remember the story too. He was actually confronted on that, and even his wife, the uh, lunatic uh, Zionist anti-Russian hack Anne Applebaum, uh, she was confronted on this a couple of times too. And that was kind of that was gold watching that. But something is amiss with this. This is obviously not. Uh, you know, uh, we haven't gotten the full story on this, uh, and it's clear. That's, that's another. Did I bring that in? Another beautifully con, uh, concise meme put it right. Essent- essentially, uh, the situation we were looking at was that Russia was kind of holding Germany hostage, right? Uh, so the EU comes in and calls America, and then America shows up and basically shoots Germany in the head <laughs> by destroying the pipeline, cutting off their ability to potentially heat their homes and uh, stay warm here in the coming two or three winters coming up. This year was no problem, but it's going to be a problem. We, sti- we still haven't seen the full effects of this yet. This is a, a terroristic attack, basically, right? Um, so anyway, and of course, we had some Putin, uh, some of the Putin takes on this was, of course, that the uh, <clears throat> that the Anglo-Saxons was, <laughs> was behind uh, the attack on the Nord Stream. Uh, man, talk about an intelligence failure when we talk about... Uh, uh, you know, Russia and specifically all our uh, our best friend, Putin. Putin. All right. So what are we looking at here? Uh, we are looking at obviously some kind of sabotage. Now, what's interesting about this is that they have found, of course, uh, a check this out here. They found a boot, which is just not any boot. It's a boot that belongs to U.S. Navy divers, a uh, diving boot uh, after a Swedish uh, kind of an independent Nord Stream investigation. I know there's a lot of teams, actually, like diving teams and stuff like that in Sweden. Remember when they found that? They called the, uh, oh, what they called the Millennium Falcon. Do you guys remember that? It was a, a, an independent Swedish team. I, I don't even know if there was any like major follow-up to it, if they ever solved the mystery of what that was and things like that. But, you know, you've had... Uh, uh, the uh, the Estonia, the ship that went down and things like this, right? There's been independent teams down there looking and stuff like that. But anyway, this one is apparently uh, done, I think, with the uh, aid of Grey Zone. That's, that's how I understand it. The Grey Zone participated in what appears to be the first independent expedition investigating the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines. Near one of the blast sites, we discovered a diving boot used by U.S. Navy divers. How did Swedish investigators miss this? Yeah, how could how could that have been? Right? What was it? Uh, they said they said we have it was a long investigation by the, the the Swedes, right? And you know, on the back end channels, they found out stuff that they intentionally are not sharing because, of course, now they're interested in joining NATO. You can't have them all of a sudden saying, "Oh, it's it looks like it was America who did this," although that's obvious. No, the only one thing they can conclude was, well, it's most likely Russia that did it. That's most that's most plausible thing, right? But what we have evidence of is that there was a large blast. Breaking news, everybody! We had a large blast. That's right. That's basically what they uh, the, their conclusion. Anyway, let's check out some of the uh, the video here. Uh, there's two of them, but uh, how how they uh, how they discovered this here? <coughs> okay, um, so I'm sitting here with Eric Anderson. And Eric has a, looks like an interesting device in his hand. Uh, It is May 23rd, late afternoon, um, and we are in the Danish exclusive economic zone. And we are right above um, one of the blast sites of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. Um, So Eric, what what, what are you going to be doing here? Well, I'm going to go down along a line. Uh, There is a boy 
And it would have been nice if the captain had told me exactly if that boy is on the west side or the east side of the, of the pipeline. And, but I, you know, I, I'm going to go down there and I was there before, uh, so I know, I think uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to look at the depth because I have the depth profile and the depth would tell me something about where I am. And once I know where I am, I'm gonna decide whether to go east or west or north because I only really have a compass. Okay, let's go. Let's so this go. is first mate Rico Freeze. He's just thrown our drone in the water and we'll see if we can get some images of the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. So you see here we go, uh, we're going towards the boy. And here I see the boy. I'm turning on the, the film. Uh, I'm turning on the, the lights. The boy, for helvet, Erik. And I'm starting to go buoy. And this it's looks... Buoy, uh, Erik. I know this is riveting here, but uh, we'll watch the vid. We'll, we'll make, the, we'll make so sure earlier we're doing this the right way. Earlier on our sonar, uh, we caught, captured some images, sonar images of... Um, large ruptures in the Nord Stream 2 pipeline and now um, we're going to try to do the same but using the using the drone all right so i think they go to let's go over to the second video here i'll pause that here we go so this is one stir down at the uh proper location here about 37 seconds of this here no yeah here we go here we go If you're more comfortable with that, I can make uh, underwater, uh, you know, U-boat sonar sounds for you. Boom. Yeah, there it is. A goddamn U.S. Navy boot, diving boot, ladies and gentlemen. They can't, <laughs> they can't even cover up their goddamn tracks. That's how lazy they are. Uh, I'd love to see kind of a pan, like how close is that to the pipeline like are we actually seeing the pipeline on the left hand side there it's so short i'd love like a little bit of an overview there but regardless uh that is uh that is incredible i think anyway uh because of course everything is point we, we know who it's pointing to we we know who did this and for what reason i, I don't think there's any doubt uh, about that to be honest uh so that of course suggests that it was not back to the earlier tweet by caitlin johnson it was in fact Maybe not. Well, I mean, okay, they give them gear, things like this. That's, of course, possible. They train, uh, you know, special forces, the U.S. trained special forces. They hand them all the gear. And it's true. Maybe there was a Ukrainian foot that uh, was uh, occupying that boot at one point. Uh, but regardless, uh, it, it's... I think she's right. It's like saying, oh, no, no, it, it was just Ukraine. And, and they're justified in doing this because they just want to kind of, their concern was uh, was Russia. And they, they didn't want EU to be too close to Russia, you know, kind of thing. Um it's it's to uh, it's to deflect from the real issue, which of course is to say uh, the U.S. allowed it to happen. Uh, we're going to need to have uh, people responsible for this, and we're we are going to see just how detrimental this terrorist act actually was, especially for Germany, especially for Germany, but also many other European countries as well. This is, as far as I consider it, obviously an act of war, uh, but it's of course not an act of war against uh, Russia. It's an act of war against Europe. 
So we had uh, plenty of people out because uh, Germany, of course, have, have you know backed Ukraine and we got to provide them with weapons, blah, blah, blah. Olaf Scholz have been in the hot seat for some time. Not a lot of uh, support for what they're doing in Germany among the German folk. Here's just one video of uh, people in Germany shouting down Olaf Scholz when he's out and about, uh, presumably one of the... Uh, he's going to go out and meet, meet the people. <laughs> people scream warmonger to him. Check this out. Good stuff. I'm glad they're uh, shouting. <laughs> yeah, they're going after him. Uh, and I think they, uh, I think they're right. I mean, it's uh, you could call all European leaders that are uh, giving more weapons to Zelensky and the Ukrainians uh, warmongers. Because, of course, they're dragging out the conflict, sending them right to their deaths, all these Ukrainian people, while they're pretending they're caring about them, right? Uh, it is a travesty what's going on. It should never have happened, should never have gone to this. And I do recognize that, you know, some in the audience there might be more, but that might not be the... Uh, I could be wrong. I mean, they might be the, the, the kind of the more nationalistic. They might be the AFD German as opposed to <clears throat> this type of German. But yes, you do have a kind of a, a softer uh, kind of anti, anti-war German. But, you know, it's, uh, it's what it is. We'll, we'll, we'll take it. It's, uh, it's better than nothing that they're out shouting down these people. They need, to, uh, <clears throat> they need to be held accountable, all of them. So not good for Olaf Scholz uh, and the energy situation in Germany. Very, very bad. Uh, we'll see how they fare coming up here in the winter and the year after that and even the year after that. It's absolutely uh, sickening what has been done. Should be, I mean, it, it should be a, an international uh, criminal investigation around this to, to find out who did it. And yet it's like nothing. People are not even acting like this is a big deal anymore. Like, you, you just wait. You, you see what's going to happen here. So speaking of the uh, power grid, I just want to show you this real quick, too. In the U.S., of course, they're talking about... All these attacks on the power grid, right? This is from a couple of days ago, but uh, this is how they're framing uh, this now. What? Like, no, it's not. It's not like a an elite 
an establishment uh, that's dangerous when it comes to like the energy grids and stuff like that, they're not the problem. It's lone wolf right wingers that's the big problem, and, and they gotta plant these seeds now. So when and if they do a gay op, everybody knows. Well, clearly they told us it would be all these uh, uh, racist and white nationalists that were doing this. Uh, check out the segment here on uh, CBS. Homeland Security is warning of a potential troubling escalation in tactics from right wing extremists. Catherine Herridge has more on this, and she joins us from Washington. Catherine, we understand the power grid could be a target. Good morning. According to the intelligence report obtained by CBS News, these groups have developed credible and specific plans to attack the power grid since at least 2020 as a way to disrupt the country and the ability of government to operate. The report warns extremists adhering to a range of ideologies will likely continue to plot and encourage physical attacks against power networks, which include more than 6,400 plants and nearly a half million miles of high-voltage lines. While the bulletin emphasized small-scale attacks are unlikely to cause widespread power loss, it may cause disruption to critical infrastructure like hospitals and police departments. Homeland Security noted several indicators, including online chatter. While the report does not suggest an imminent threat, the Homeland Security Secretary has warned lone wolf actors and small bands of extremists are among the greatest domestic threat because they are hard to detect, disrupt, and can mobilize quickly. All right, Catherine, got it. All right, Catherine, got it. Thank you. We appreciate, uh, we appreciate those lies. Uh, very nice of you. Of course, they tell, they tell you right straight up that, uh, of course, it's on TV. It's got to be, gotta be true. Uh, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. But what are you going to say? This is what they do. They plant their uh, their evidence first, in a way, or they 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 lead, they lead uh, you know, where they want this to go. And of course, we're going to trust someone like Mayorkas, who's like uh, head of the DHS, which is like motivated. And have we been told by the Biden administration to intentionally ramp up the numbers of like white, uh, you know, white nationalist, right wing extremist uh, attacks and things like that? Uh, they, they wanted to increase the numbers, although there isn't any. And that's why they're, you know, saying the U-Haul driver, the Indian U-Haul driver, he's a Nazi. Uh, these Mexicans are going on shooting sprees who say they hate white people. They're white supremacists and white nationalists now. Never ends with these people. All right. Actually, before we get to the uh, the Wall Street, uh, yeah, the Wall Street Journal uh, on Instagram here, uh, let me show you the, uh, the, the tr- so Tucker did this thing yesterday and that was good. Now, I released a, uh, a clip on Twitter that was going around for a little bit uh, from OAN regarding, I guess, uh, Tucker's biographer or something. And, they, he, and he was saying, so this obviously is not true yet. Maybe they're working on stuff on the back end on Twitter or something like that. Uh, but I'll just play the clip first. He was talking about what, what Tucker intended to do. Of course, as I said yesterday, he released his first episode. It was about 10 minutes. It was on the uh, the, the dam and, and other things in Russia. He went into the UFO stuff again. He loves the UFO stuff. It's like, oh, this retired Air Force, uh, whatever he was, position, he was person, general, or whatever. Uh, he says, he's, he's a whistleblower. He says we have alien bodies and UFOs. And so, yep, well, that's it. That settles it. Can we see some actual physical evidence for this? Um, or is this just going to be further, are they continuing using Tucker to drop the seeds of, of like the looming, uh, you know, alien threat or whatever? But anyway, I digress. Uh, back to the... Uh, X video apparently they were going to call this thing I, I, I this is okay anyway we'll get to it here here's the the clip in question check this out what i understand is that fox news didn't have the foresight to include twitter in their non-compete in tucker's contract so fox is still uh, i'm sorry tucker is still under contract with fox he's still an employee of fox news in fact the last the last time i spoke to him which was about a week ago 
he got his paycheck that morning from Fox. So Fox is paying him to not have a show and a lot of money, as you could imagine. But uh, from what I understand is they failed to think that Twitter would ever be a competitor. And so he that's convenience for him to have a show. Now, what his team has told me about that is that they're going to test out the product. Twitter is launching a new service. I believe it's called X Video. It's meant to compete with YouTube. And uh, they're going to test it out if the product works well. And if they enjoy it, then they'll stay there. But they don't really feel committed to stay there. He's not an employee of Elon Musk. Elon Musk is not paying him any money. Um, they're simply going to try it out on Twitter and then maybe move somewhere else or maybe stay there. So I I didn't make the uh, the connection. Someone brought it to my attention. And, and I didn't look at it. I made when I made the tweet with this video in it. I did a hashtag and X video, and apparently this is like some hardcore like porn tag that's being used. And we're going to talk about like the pedo tags used on Instagram later. I wish just Twitter would just take rid of the, get rid of the damn smut. But okay, whatever. It is what it is. That that's what it is. Uh, so obviously people were starting to point out like X like wait a minute this is X video is everything X with the Elon Musk this is a poor, very poor name you know kind of thing uh, but of course that didn't happen Tucker went on there and uh, nothing has changed he's just putting it up as a he uploaded a, a ten minute video on it there's no X video here so I'm not sure what this uh, bio Tucker Carlson's biographer is talking about maybe they're still working on this in the background and stuff like that it looked like um, Tucker is just kind of like. He, he's basically like, let's set up the studio right now in the barn who it looks like even has like open door open and like an open barn you can kind of see the the green behind him there unless that's some you know graphics or something <laughs> I'm not sure so I think this is like it's not that it's rushed because it's decent it's okay you know what I mean it's not that it's rushed but there's no bells and whistles on this there was a little bit of like you know b-roll as they as they call it in the field right a little bit of footage here and there but there's no graphics there's no uh, title pages or not you know nothing fancy of sorts it's just like you know it's it's tucker in front of the camera and, and not that it's about that but i'm saying first i kind of thought he would be like looking more kind of like his show a little bit you know kind of thing i even thought he would maybe he's doing it live that would be cool right he's doing it live through twitter because you can live stream there too uh so that's not what happened and maybe they will get there or whatever um, but it was good because he called, at least he called Zelensky a sweaty rat. And of course, already the, uh, what was that? Was that, uh, oh my God, let me see. Let me see if I can find that real quick. I saw the screenshot in passing. Was it like 24 hours uh, Twitter anti-Semitism? Let me just search for that real quick. <laughs> see if I can get anything on that big 24 hours for twitter anti-semitism oh it's adl is that what it is okay that, so that was funny check this out <laughs> because of course when you call Zelensky a sweaty rat i mean what what, what can you say right <laughs> it's obvious what he's talking about uh so here's matt Ger gertz here uh media matters for america uh <clears throat> husband of Eliza rosenberg who what i remember that I've come across that bulwark online. Okay, all right. Anyway, um, forget that. Fox News and Tucker Carlson both lose after his firing. But of course, this video had uh, twenty. You can I, I, some apps you can see, like you can actually see the actual views on the video as opposed to just how many hits the tweet has gotten. But that's plenty. It's almost a hundred million hits on the tweet. So obviously, this is this is going very well. Sometimes you can started up and you can actually see the uh, amount of views on the video itself they, they removed that for some reason i can't see it anymore anyway but anyway obviously millions and millions of views so uh, uh good for him 
glad that he's doing well. And so I was thinking about this, like, will he will he increase his rhetoric a little bit? Because, of course, partially the person who took him down was Abby Grossberg. And I mean, you can make a case and argue that this was ethnically, partially at least, ethnic motivated. It was motivated by people um, who are ethnically Jewish in part, in, in the same vein that you have a Matt Gertz immediately, right, for Media Matters, how this was about anti-Semitism, calling Zelensky a sweaty rat that's obviously uh, Tucker going after the Jews, right? That's obvious, obviously that's what it is. Can't be anything else. <laughs> so like, I wanted to play, we didn't play this yet, but I wanted to play you Abby Grossberg, her video here, because she she brought this up too. I edited together two interviews she did. I never got a chance to play it, so this is a good time as any to play it. To just kind of see, uh, will Tucker, he he might not think of ethnic, and I, I think he's made that clear, at least publicly. Maybe he do genuinely feel something different, uh, you know, if, if you get him uh, alone in a, in a, in a door, uh, in a room that with closed doors that don't have any microphones or whatever. But it's not about that. It doesn't matter kind of thing. But, well, yeah, but what if you actually have an ethnic group, uh, you know, adv- like lobbying, I guess, or actively try to take down your stuff. They try to ban you, they try to censor you, and they probably got you fired as well. Uh, will you react to that? Are you going to, you gonna, you know, kind of ramp up the rhetoric? Do you actually know what's going on here? As I say, you know, you might not see race, but race sees you. And a lot of this was about this, like, if Tucker just talked about George Soros, well, that's anti-Semitism. They, they literally think Tucker is like, there was a, a, um, node point of anti-Semitic Jew hatred on, on uh, you know, uh, mainstream cable news TV, which I, it wasn't. So let's play a little bit from the Abby Grossberg interview here and see what you see, see what you can uh, figure out here. When veteran TV producer Abby Grossberg took a job with Maria Bartiromo at Fox News four years ago, she thought she was advancing her career. We were known as a dynamic duo at Fox, and our ratings were skyrocketing. Now she's suing Fox, claiming she was harassed and retaliated against. On the first page of your lawsuit, you say, Fox News fosters a toxic workplace where truth remains a fugitive while female workers are verbally violated on almost a daily basis by a poisonous and entrenched patriarchy. Those are strong words. I stand by them. After being denied a promotion, she moved to the Tucker Carlson show. Women were objectified. It was a game. It was a sport. Female politicians who came on the show were mocked. There were debates about who they'd rather sleep with. C-word all the time. But that's not the only reason she's suing. She says Fox lawyers have tried to turn her and Bartiromo into sacrificial female lambs to protect high-ranking men at the network from Dominion Voting System's $1.6 billion lawsuit. Did the Fox lawyers attempt to intimidate you, harass you, push you to say things that were not true? Oh, 100% they did, yeah. And I realized that the answers that they wanted me to say were putting me in a very vulnerable position to be the company's scapegoat. It's really, really terrifying to think that you could be the fall guy and perhaps the biggest media case our country's ever had. You were widely criticized. Yeah. How'd that feel? I mean, people said you were a lousy journalist because, among other things, you had said in reply to a question that you did not believe that it was your responsibility to fact check whether or not what someone was going to say on the broadcast was telling the truth. It felt 
awful. I was bullied, intimidated, and coerced into saying that just to keep my job and stay at the company. And the question a lot of people would have is, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because I made the decision to keep my job. Grossberg says all of it has taken a toll on her health. I reached a breaking point where the harassment was so bad that I called a crisis line. I want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Did you literally think of taking your life? I thought I could just walk in front of a car and I wouldn't have to go to work tomorrow. Saying that out loud <laughs> in an interview where people are going to see it, it's hard. Fox News says it hired outside counsel to investigate Grossberg's claims. And they say the assertion that Ms. Grossberg was coached or intimidated into being dishonest during her Dominion deposition is patently false, adding her legal claims are riddled with false allegations. I, I don't doubt that, to be honest. See how she's now playing the victim, right? Oh, poor me. It's like, okay, sure. Okay, sure. I went to go work for this racist bigot or whatever. And I was cool with it because, of course, I had a great job. But, oh, they were anti-female. They were anti-Jewish. The anti-Semitism, the, the, the misogyny and the chauvinism and the sexism. I can't believe it, right? So you see how this works? Easy. It's super easy for these women to, to do shit like this. And in this case, this Jewish woman who has two cards to whip out here, right? And, she, of course, she's using all of them. Now, there has been speculation that... Uh, in the Dominion lawsuit, there was actually a part of the agreement was to actually fire Tucker, which would show you how how all these activist groups and lobby people are you know connected on one level. Like this is a big problem. Just get him out. Uh, uh, you know, just politically uh, you know motivated people at Dominion. It's a big surprise. Um, and the, the, but the, there's other things too, like the fact checking what people say on the broad. So you're telling me. If you record a segment with whomever the Tucker brings on as a guest, it's this woman's job to, I guess, first of all, figure out everything exactly that they're going to say and then fact check that on the spot and then try to or, or if it's pre-recorded, then I assume, and then edit that out. What if it's live? You know what I mean? Oh, you've got to provide all the answers. You can answer these questions first and then we fact check it. And if you say something, it's ridiculous, right? Some point is like, well, where do you separate opinions from? Yeah, anyway, we don't have to go into that, but it's. Clearly, something is uh, is amiss with this whole situation, right? And these are the people that got uh, Tucker fired. Does he does he realize this? That this is just like you know ethnic nepotism, in at least in part, to get this guy out. Uh, anyway, there's more here. Let's, uh, let's keep going. They're a big corporate machine that destroys people. I sat in those meetings. I heard them laugh about tearing apart politicians and now i know that in those meetings they're talking about me <laughs> i heard the news i was starting to get these texts coming so from friends and it just said a few words at tucker so here, here's the other interview and, and and look i just just a quick just look at the difference here and the the doll let's just obviously a little bit more yeah tired a little more <laughs> i don't know caught caught off guard here man they dolled her up for that uh, the second interview here as at msnbc this is part politicians and now i know that in those meetings they're talking about me <sighs> i heard the news i was starting to get these texts come in from friends and it just said a few words at tucker carlson i thought okay Maybe it was the 60 Minutes episode that they're talking about. And I started to write back, oh, yeah, I saw the Epps thing. This is terrible. I was there while we were doing this kind of coverage. And they said, no, he's fired. And it was literally, well, are you sure? Because obviously, you know, I'm at the center of a lot of this. And 
It felt surreal. And there were a lot of mixed emotions that went through my head. There were feelings at first like, yes. And then also the reality yes. that you don't want anything bad to happen to anybody. Not but motivated at the same at time, all. Tucker and his executive producer, Justin Wells, who was also fired, really were responsible for breaking me and making my life a living hell. So there is a feeling of justice, but it's only partial. Why did you go? And by the way, Justin Wells, he's uh, he's gay, by the way. So, so there's so there's that. <laughs> there's other tidbits along the way here uh, that it's just like I, I, I don't obviously I don't trust I don't trust Tucker Carlson. I, I think he has an ulterior motive, even though some of the things he's talking about is is have is a net positive overall. Uh, but I just don't trust him, um, and especially now with what they're building with Twitter and stuff. We have a little thing on that in a moment here, uh, but uh, man, it's just. The dishonesty of these people and the way that we lie, cheat and steal and fake stuff and, and claim I'm the victim now and this happened to me just to kind of get their way. Now, it should be mentioned too. got to mention at the beginning. She she retracted her lawsuit after he was fired. Interestingly, right? But apparently she's seeking to refile it. I, I assume they're changing things in it then. Maybe there's more. Maybe there's less. Who knows what's going on? Seemed pretty frivolous, to be honest. But she mentioned an example of like, okay, well, what's... Well, what's anti-Semitic that you experienced? Check that portion out here coming up in a little bit. I work for him. I was working with Maria Bartiromo at the time. I knew as a female that I would never get the executive producer title there. Why did they move her, by the way? That's not the question. The opportunity came up to go to Tucker, and it was a promotion. I Who moved this woman over to Tucker's show? That's the big question. Who did this on the back end? Because it seems like a setup. Would be overseeing a team. I would also be overseeing three different platforms. And I liked the, ta- the staff, honestly, when I interviewed with them. And I was hoping that it would be more professional. And what he was portraying on air was just a show. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case. So when do you realize that? Immediately. I show up first day of work. And I know that this is a popular one. It's been widely publicized. There are literally pictures like this big, big of Nancy Pelosi in a bathing suit in Europe, plastered all over. Um, There was even one on my computer screen for the temporary computer I had to use, and I had to take it down. Oh, she had to take it down? What, is this one with her big, large, gross boobs or something? What is, how is this? They're obviously making a joke. Is it, oh, this, the chauvinism was out of control. Is that what it is? (laughs) I had to take it down to my temporary work computer. (laughs) Is it, oh, this... Man, is that the first first example you got? Well, holy shit. My God, can you believe it? Yeah, but anyway, so someone moved her from Maria Bartiromo over to Tucker intentionally, I think, to like sabotage, right? And she worked like, she worked like, what, not even three months before she was like, oh, I'm out of here. And oh my God, I'm being abused. And she, you know, went on sick leave, presumably. She, as she said, she had to seek like counsel, you know, I mean, go to like a psychiatrist or whatever, (laughs) things like this. Uh, She was like employed six months or something like that before I think she actually was fired. And she did like maybe even three months of work, if even that. And then, of course, she sabotages the whole operation from the inside. This is highly dubious, right? Almost like it was meant to be. And we're back to the clip here. Just to work. Within a few days, I was called into Justin Wells' office with Alex McCaskill, who was a senior producer as well. And 
asked if Maria was having an affair with Kevin McCarthy. It was just, I, I was shocked. I couldn't even believe it. I was floored. I'm tough. I have a thick skin, obviously, <laughs> having yes, been through all I've really. been through in the last month. But it's hard to take day in and day out, which is a big part of why I'm speaking out now to let people know that it's not OK. And the impact of bullying when it's done day after day after day. And very quickly, I spoke out, for example, early on, they had Andrew Tate on the show and I raised my hand and I said, we have to be very mindful that this is two white males together. And I use the example of Gail King and R. Kelly saying that she could go in a different direction. I'm sorry, is Andrew Tate white? <clears throat> I, I don't think so, lady. Uh, he is as white as uh, Barack Obama, right? Uh, <laughs> he has half, half, of course. He has a black dad. Remember the, the genius, the chess player genius who could uh, learn to speak Russian in three days? Remember that story from Andrew Tate? Look, I don't like Andrew Tate either, but like it's uh, look about an easy target this is. Uh, anyway, back to the action with that interview that I felt Tucker couldn't, and they weren't happy about that because they wanted to be a bro fest. They were all laughing about how fun it would be to go to Romania and hang out with him. They liked his messaging, so whenever I said something like that, it put a target on my back, and gradually I was shut out of meetings. I was mocked. I was eventually demoted. That's how it played out for me. And it got worse and it got worse and it got worse every time I spoke out. What was your experience with anti-Semitism? It, it's interesting because I've never experienced it in my life until now. Uh -huh. It was nothing. I uh -huh. <laughs> the, never experienced it in her life. Fascinating. Okay, so what is the worst? What is this horrible thing that happens? Check this out. I ever really thought of. And it started sort of around the holiday period. We, I had a colleague who was Israeli, and they do this thing with HR where you become this global ambassador for Fox for the show, and you get $10,000, essentially, to represent the program as a diversity ambassador. And so, okay, so they have DEI inside of Tucker's show. He's hiring Israelis, and you're telling me he's this. This is an anti-Semitic crew. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? The whole staff was white, so oh my they God. recommended that he be that person because. But you just said that there was an Israeli in there, lady. As Israelis and Jews are minorities, and they first suggested it in a meeting, and then they brought it to him. Uh, I think he was shocked. And they said he could use that money to buy pizza for the whole staff for a year. Now, I know HR claims they did an investigation and they said that some of these things were said, but the feelings about it in the office were different than me. It was said, but they weren't offended. As someone who covers him and has cover, I, I, covers I just, him as a force. that it's just, it's just so weak, right? Isn't it so weak? Let me see if I can find anything here. Because I had some links here. There's a little bit more, a minute or so, but... Uh, let me see here. Oh, is this LinkedIn? I can't even open that up. What the fuck? Uh, let me see here. Sorry, guys. Let's try that. See if I can do it. I was going to check Justin Wells uh, LinkedIn here. Let me go over so you guys can see here. So should be noted as well that she never met Tucker Carlson, by the way. I guess they have a New York office there where they're doing the show and Tucker's off. I don't know where Florida, Maine, recording the show, whatever, uh, which is pretty, uh, pretty incredible. 
Uh, Tucker, his, uh, the forward, right? Uh, Tucker Carlson, senior producer, repeatedly made anti-Semitic comments to Jewish staffers. Lawsuit claims. And of course, it was this story. I, I forget if she mentions that thing, but the, the Christmas tree. Did she? I was trying to find the link here. During, I forget if I included it in the clips or not. Maybe it was there. So I do apologize if I mentioned it twice. But I just want to get make sure this is mentioned, right? One of them, if it was uh, Drew Carmichael who's working, or if it was uh, McCaskill, right? Let me lower the audio there. Uh, this guy uh, in the in the sc- on the screen there, hate the Fox News player. Um that put up a Christmas tree, and she argues it was close to her office. Was that included? i sorry if I'm repeating this. Close to her office, and that's what was anti-Semitic in and of itself, and then he hung a note on it that said Hanukkah tree. (laughs) Maybe it's coming up. It's like 100 degrees in here, so my brain is fried, but let's get back to the clip, see if she mentioned that. But, but you see what I'm saying, though, like over just overall, like th- these are the examples she's saying do. They're obviously having fun, making jokes. But as usual, these flat-headed idiots can't take it. How you're literally hiring an Israeli Jew. She's Jewish. They're just making jokes with you. Like it's no problem here. Obviously, this is these the, the worst examples you can take. Really threatened democracy until Friday night. Um, Tucker, that's right. Tucker threatened democracy until uh, Friday night. It falls in this category of shocking, not surprising. What was for you as someone inside Fox shocking about the culture at Tucker coming from Maria Shaw? It was very out in the open. What you see is what ends up on air. People are believers who are there. Well, isn't that good? Isn't that straightforward? I was really... I found it difficult to cover the kind of stories that they wanted me to cover. I wasn't expecting it. Maybe I should have. That's what some people say. That wore my mental health, too, because by that time, I had really begun to connect the dots that the programming that we were putting on the air every night was not just generating business, but also generating hatred in the audience. Uh, And after January 6th, I had this wake up moment that Mm -hmm. this is hurting people. People are getting angry and people are acting. <laughs> yes, you can't have news making people angry and wanting to hold your uh, you know, leadership to account or, or those in positions of power. You can't have that. No, no, no. ...out on that anger and this is not okay and I don't want to be part of that. You go to work for Tucker in 2022? Yes. In so did he ask you guys to look through the tapes looking for Mr. Epps? Is that what you're suggesting or other FBI informants? I was not part of the team that looked through the tapes. I prior, my story is long, but um, I had been on an emergency medical leave due to the abuse that took place on that show. So when I came back, they knew I had legal representation, so was not including me in the viewing of the tapes. But they were having me just look for a lawyer of a proud boy that was willing to say that there were FBI informants infiltrating the proud boys and the Oath Keepers. And none of them are. Not that I could find, no. All right. Uh, so here's the, I found the part here. McCaskill displayed his discriminatory animus against her, meaning uh, Grossberg, last October over Christmas decorations in the bookings staff area in the office. The loud inflatables distracted her. But when she tried to turn them off, McCaskill called her a Scrooge and a Grinch. Clearly anti-Semitic. Uh, she claimed this in the lawsuit, which was filed in New York, blah, blah, blah. She also said he hung a sign on a Christmas tree that had been placed near her desk. See? See how that works? That read, Hanukkah Bush. (laughs) 
It's, it's stuff like that in there. Like, really? Is this the, the path you want to go down? Now, of course, interesting tidbits. Speaking of Tucker, um, all the money ends up in the same pocket. Who is Brian Friedman? Both Don Lemon and Tucker Carlson have hired the same lawyer to represent them after they've been ousted from their respective networks. Isn't that interesting? Tucker Carlson and vice president of Tucker Carlson's digital projects, Justin Wells, brags about support from Fox. This is a clip here, uh, Justin Wells. Put together right? a show, and I think our audience can tell we're not phony. We're not. He's, uh, he's gay, this guy. I, I hate talking about our employer the channel, right. the network, the company, because it does seem a little bit self-involved. But I do think it's important that Fox as a company is backing something like this right now, as other channels are basically have been neutered by politics. We're, we're on the Fox studio a lot. I mean, yeah. like, you know, they're, they're putting a lot behind this project because they believe in it. So what the Fox studio? I think he said Fox, right? And they believe in what we're doing. And they have since we launched Tucker Carlson Night four years ago. Yeah. And... They're showing that now in giving us the resources and the money and the team to go out and tell stories that Americans actually are talking about and they right. care about and nobody else is. And like, well, didn't last. you know, it's not really a very difficult business model for a company like Fox to just say, like, people actually want to hear about what's happening in their communities. That's right. the basic essence of, like, covering news. But nobody's doing that anymore. <laughs> so, like, okay, we... We send a camera, we send a reporter, we send like real journalists that other networks, they're not doing that. They have, you know. Because the bar is so low right now for network news. And again, I said, I'm, Tucker, I'm grateful that he's doing many of the things he's doing. I still don't trust the guy. It's kind of like Elon. Like, I'm sure, I'm glad he bought Twitter, but I don't trust a guy. Uh, you know, it's not a, you know, <laughs> it's not end all be all. You can have positive things even with someone who's not, you know, 100% on your page or whatever. Shows with Don Lamont and Chris Cuomo or whatever, like, you know, oh, I'm a journalist. But, like, no, we're actually sending people in. See how they t talk very similar, too, by the way? To cover stories that we know our audience cares about and wants to hear more about. And it, it's not complicated, nope. but as you said, no one's doing it. And we're grateful that Fox is. Put together a show, and All I right. think our audience can yeah, tell. That didn't last. Uh, meet the gay man fueling Tucker Carlson's anti-LGBTQ plus program. Fascinating. So here's Justin Wells. Did he remove uh, Tucker Carlson tonight and VP of Tucker Carlson's digital products at Fox News? He still has that on his uh, LinkedIn there. That's uh, Fox News Media. I mean, this would be a crime. He was fired together with the other ones there. I think McCaskill, what did I say again? Yeah, Drew Carmichael. I think he was fired. Uh, McCaskill, this guy here. Tonight, we want to pass kid, on right? congratulations to someone we love. There's something called the Six Marathon Majors, one of our favorite producers here, Alex Mc... He looks pretty based, though, that Caskel. guy. Hopefully he is. to run all six of them. He just completed his third in London over the weekend. He's already raced in New York and Berlin. But yesterday in London, he was hoping to beat his previous times, and he did. By six minutes, he finished the race in three hours and 23 seconds, which is... All right. Anyway, there was a clip too with uh, someone's, but you know, yeah, that the, someone's kid that was born or whatever. That one of the other guys who were fired, I think. Then you had the, oh well, this I got to show too. Check this out. Uh, here's all the anti-Semites right at, at Fox News here, and Tucker Carlson tonight. Uh, for a time, this guy Justin Wells, the gay producer for for Tucker for for Fox News, there uh, worked for. Greta von Sustern, I forget what his name is, Greta, I guess they say in the U.S. Um, and he met with Netanyahu, look at that, that's, that's your, uh, your anti-Semite right there, Justin Wells, just for the, for the record, so you can <clears throat> get, fully get this into 
uh, into its uh, its big scope here. He had, you know, J uh, Jarvis Goldbug, or what's his name again? Um, Menen Menentius Goldbug. What the hell is his full name? Maybe Chad ha Habit. Remember that? Like, he's had a number of these people on. I think even Leather Apron Club did a... I think he talked about Tucker's guests and their representation. I could be wrong on that, but uh, uh, anyway... We're in the weeds of this now. It doesn't really matter. But anyway, so all that—that's all of that—is the background background to Tucker doing his own thing, and uh, it, it just doesn't make sense what the other side is saying. And then again, back to that, I fully, fully don't trust Tucker. But we'll see what he does. Uh, a sweaty rat—that's funny. It's it's a good start. We'll see what happens uh, and what direction he goes. And if he improves the broadcast, if he starts doing it live, is he going to have, uh, you know, guests on things like that? Uh, we'll see what happens. We still wish him well, but, uh, I don't, uh, trust the guy. Speaking of that, not trusting so-called alternative media. There's of course, kind of a whole network of like conservative inked type ink type people. And it's kind of the same thing with like, look at someone like Peter Thiel or Thiel, like I said, it's, uh, officially, uh, very bizarre character, right? Apparently, he's like the the right wing. Uh, fund he funds right wing causes. He backs different projects on the right and things like that. Um, he's also gay, right? Isn't he? But um, then he has this whole uh, issue with like the the AI um, uh, Palantir that he's that he partially co-founded together with Alex. Um, what's his name again? Alex. Salmon or something? What, what the hell was his name? No, that's uh, the guy in Scotland. Uh, we did a segment on it where the guy from Palanti or whatever his name, he's also just happened to be Jewish too, by the way. Um, he talks about how proud they are that Palanti's AI products have managed to keep right-wing governments out of various European countries. And uh, there was actually a Swedish uh, interviewer on that from SVT. And he said, oh, particularly like in Sweden, there's we our devices have stopped terrorism, you see. And if they if we if our devices didn't do that, then Swedes would be more concerned with mass immigration and probably voted in the party like Sweden Democrats by now. But our products stop that. That's who, you know, Peter Thiel is, right? Boiling it, uh, boiling it down, which is a fascinating turn of events, of course. Elon Musk is part of that little network as well. Uh, of people that are basically doing shit on the back end. It's like this a conservative, it's Normie Khan in a way, right? But it's like the anti-woke brigade. And, and there's some of that that's necessary. So I'm not saying that, but there's a lot of individuals and people like that, that they're looking to just kind of jump on an opportunity right now because it's like a big wave, the anti-woke movement or whatever, but they're insincere in their end goal of what they want this to be. I didn't look at the whole thing yet, but check this out here. Amazing Polly on this uh, network of people. And of course there is a, what was his name again? Economy. I'll show you the name. All right. Why do I say that? Because of this. Horowitz. That's right. Horowitz. Top corner. Daily Wire. Check this out. Situation that's going on in the background. Because of Peter Thiel and Dave Rubin and J.D. Vance's investment company, because of the Daily Wire and the people involved in that, because of Twitter and Elon Musk, because of Jordan Peterson and his ARC, and his contracts that overlap some of these things, and his walking in lockstep with Elon Musk on Twitter lately, who actually was the guy who unbanned Jordan Peterson. They're building something here. And in a 2018 Esquire magazine interview, Jordan Peterson told the interviewer that he had been meeting with both Peter Thiel and Mark Andreessen from Andreessen Horowitz on an undisclosed project. 
Now, I don't know if that was in 2017 or 2018 that he had these meetings, but it was 2018 when the article was published. What was Jordan Peterson working on? What was this undisclosed project with Andreessen and Thiel? We're not even going to look at Mark Andreessen and his company today, but they are worth a dig because his partner here, Horowitz, it might, he might as well be Karl Marx or Che Guevara. He is out and out commie and he writes about it right on the blog. It's stunning how extremist that guy is. But these are very influential people who seem to have a talent for playing one side off against the other in order to drum up the news stories, drum up the outrage, drum up the fear that will help their own other personal investments pay off. It's like what Bill Gates does with his Gavi, the Vaccine Alliance. All right, the clip cuts off there. But yeah, Horowitz, isn't that interesting? Uh, I didn't actually... Didn't actually know that, uh, that because uh, Andreessen has come up in certain uh, certain situations, right? I've heard of him before, but these is the, the, the kind of headlines that Peter Thiel gets, right? Dawn of a new era, the rise of Peter Thiel as a U.S. right-wing power player, right? So it's like, no, and again, as I said, the Palantir segment, check that out that we did. It was like, what the fuck is going on? This is bizarre. But anyway, you have, you know, Musk kind of weaved into that. And it's Jordan Peterson and Daily Wire and Dave Rubin and stuff. And they're building this whole network and they're very anti-woke and stuff. But they're, of course, they're very concerned with whatever reaction is happening to the insane anti-white left-wing kind of push that's been happening over the last few decades now, that that's not going too far. We can't have people organizing in any capacity. We can't have, especially can't have Europeans and white people kind of getting their act together and sorting some shit out, sorting out some of the uh, weaponization that's happened against them, right? No, 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 we can't, we can't do that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so he's a, he's a, Peter Thiel, they're, they're, they're pushing this line that he's a, he's a right-wing savior kind of thing. I don't trust any of these people. Uh, and, of course, you could argue kind of uh, Musk is in that uh, sphere. Now Tucker is on Twitter. Well, what will they do with Twitter? What direction is this going to go? Bunch of questions. We don't have any answers for any of this yet, but it's something to keep keep an eye out on and basically just be aware of because uh, they, can tr they might try to hijack, as usual, uh, this thing and take it off in a different direction. I think it's good that we're seeing grassroots pushback happening. We're seeing people pushing back against the LGBTQ stuff, against the anti-white stuff. Rhetoric is increasing. The, the other side is very afraid of this, right? But again, if they can place all the right people in, in, in positions of leadership among this opposition, they still are going to have this in the bag and you're not going to see a proper resistance and a proper opposition that we're going to have to have here uh, to basically throw off the shackles of these people. All right, so anyway, over to the um, Wall Street Journal piece real quick here. Huge pedophile network discovered on Instagram. Big surprise. This is uh, social media. Well, they're, of course, targeting other people and going after other people and are all uh, fearful of, like, white nationalism and stuff like that. They just let uh, pedophiles run free. Big surprise, I know. Uh, the Meta Units system for fostering communities have guided users to child sex content. Company says it's improving internal controls. And before uh, uh, sucking off the uh, virtual <coughs> uh, penis of Meta here, uh, they get to it here in the third paragraph. Though out of sight for the most on the platform, the sexualized accounts on Instagram are brazen about their interest. The researchers found that Instagram enabled people to search explicit hashtags such as pedo whore and preteen sex 
and connect them to accounts that used the terms to advertise child sex material for sale. Such accounts often claim to be run by the children themselves and use overtly sexual handles, handles incorporating words such as little slut for you. Oh, how nice. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg, for that. Instagram accounts offering to sell illicit sex material generally don't publish it openly, instead posting menus of content. Certain accounts invite buyers to commission specific acts. Some menus include prices for videos of children harming themselves and imagery of the minor performing sexual acts with animals. <sighs> Researchers that the hang these people. Stanford Internet Observatory found at the right price, children are available for in-person meetups. The promotion of underage sex content violates rules established by META as well as federal law. In response to questions from the journal, META acknowledged problems within its enforcement operations and said it has set up an internal task force. Oh, now you've done that. You couldn't figure this out earlier? It had to be brought to your attention? Well, you certain as hell had a fucking task force to take down right-wing content years and years ago. Disgusting people. Uh, child exploitation is a horrific crime, the company said. Oh, really? You tell me something I don't know. We continuously investigate ways to actively defend against this behavior. Okay, well, that's not the only one. Zero Hedge had a piece on this here, too. And, and check out some of the other hashtags that they were using here as well. This is, uh, this is incredible stuff here. Cheese Pizza. Remember that one? Meta's Instagram facilitated massive pedophile network. A comprehensive investigation by the Wall Street Journal and the Stanford Internet Observatory reveals that Meta-owned Instagram has been home to organized and massive network of pedophiles. But what separates this case from most is that Instagram's own algorithms were promoting pedophile content to other pedophiles. While the pedos themselves used coded emojis such as a picture of a map or a slice of cheese pizza. Instagram connects pedophiles, guides them to content. We talked about that. Uh, the pedophilic accounts on Instagram mixed brazenness with superficial efforts to veil their activity. Researchers found certain emojis function as a kind of code, such as an image of a map shorthand for minor attracted person and one of cheese pizza, which shares its initial initials with child pornography. Oh, that's right. I didn't think of that. Okay. Obviously, this Pizzagate, Pizzagate stuff here, right? Which, of course, didn't exist. All of this is uh, just a huge conspiracy theory, and you would just be delusional for thinking that any of this is, is real, right? According to the researchers, Instagram allowed pedophiles to search for content with explicit hashtags, such as pedohore. We talked about that preteen sex, little slut for you. Um, Meta claims to have taken down 27 pedophile networks over the past two years and says it plans more removals. What do you mean plans more removals? Is the content there? Take it down. What, what does that mean? The team of three academics with limited access could find such a huge network uh, that they could find such a huge network should set off alarms at Meta, said Alex Stamos, the head of the Stanford Internet Observatory and Meta's chief security officer until 2018. And the, adding the company has far more effective tools to map its pedophile network than outsiders do. I hope the company reinvests in human investigators, he added, 
Researchers investigating the network set up test accounts with the pedophile network, which immediately inundated with suggested for you recommendations of child sex content, as well as accounts linking to off-platform trading sites. Instagram is an on-ramp to places on the internet where there's more explicit explicit child sex abuse, according to Bren, Brian Levine, director of the U.S. Mass Research Lab, Rescue Lab, actually. Uh, what's more? Meta accounts for 85% of child pornography reports filed with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, according to the report. That said, Meta has struggled with these efforts, uh, these efforts more than other platforms, both because of weak enforcement and design features that promote content discovery of legal as well as illicit material, Stanford. So st they still kind of try to cover for them uh, a little bit here, right? Absolutely fucking insane disgusting people and of course you know i do i'll remind you in a moment here of, of of what they have done what meta and facebook have done all this time because it's absolutely disgusting but let me play a clip here and let me remind you uh, a little bit about the pedophile um code words that they were using and stuff like that of course cheese pizza there's other hot dogs remember all that all of that stuff from the uh pizza gate time have never been truly debunked what the, what the media debunked was an artificial straw man version of what they claimed pizza so-called pizza gate was but the actual claims made in the large amount of research that people independently did in many regards and brought forth at that time has largely been left un you know touched it, it no no researchers no investigation uh, the media didn't touch this stuff right so check out this little segment here is for a, from a film called uh, uh, I think it's Pedophiles Rules the World or something like that is the title of it. Interesting little clip here. Check this out, how bad this actually is. Someone on Twitter whose name remains unverified but has several thousand followers posted that new emails found on Anthony Weiner's computer confirmed that Hillary Clinton was involved in a pedophilia ring. The rumor spread, inspiring some newfound internet sleuths to start digging around in John Podesta's hacked emails, searching for proof and location of the so-called sex ring. In those emails, they are absolutely littered with code words. And many of these code words are food words, such as pizza. Somebody said to me, hey, Dave, search for pizza in Podesta's emails. And once you go down that rabbit hole, you never really emerge the same person. It was obvious from the get-go that these words were code words for something else because the context that they were used in did not make sense. To be clear, not one single email in the Podesta emails discusses child sex trafficking or pedophilia. That is a fact. But there are dozens of what seem to be strangely worded emails dealing with pizza and handkerchiefs Investigators say that those words in the emails about pizza and the talk of handkerchiefs is code language used by pedophiles. There is some kind of code language. They're just not talking about pizza, folks. Uh, who phrases that? Who blocks out an hour of time to eat a slice of pizza? You can get a service for a half an hour. You can get a massage for a half an hour, but you can't get food for a half an hour. It just absolutely makes no sense. There's other ones like the realtor found a handkerchief. I think it has a map that seems pizza related. And uh, another one is Obama spent $65,000 flying in pizza and hot dogs from Chicago. Are we using the same channels? 
Pizza is a well-known pedophile code word that actually has been used by law enforcement to arrest online sexual predators of children. And there's been multiple arrests that have been made by law enforcement of pedophiles trying to solicit children by using the pedophile code word pizza. 2007, unclassified FBI document. That document, according to the FBI, contains commonly used symbols by pedophiles to express their preference in children. Notice this one on the end, the triangle. That image signifies something called boy love. The pizza place next door to Comet Ping Pong Pizza, Besta Pizza, well, this was their logo until only a few weeks ago. People don't know that because the mainstream media refuses to cover it. The entire mainstream media redefined what Pizzagate was to make it sound ridiculous and less believable. And then they had people like Megyn Kelly come in, interview James Elephantis, didn't ask him any challenging questions. A conspiracy theory that even the DC police say has no basis in fact. She didn't ask him any questions about the pictures of children on his Instagram page looking abused, being sexualized. She didn't ask him about the pedophile talk. So the whole mainstream media painted him as this poor victim, as this person that was innocent, that was just victimized as something that wasn't true. But just his Instagram page alone should have been enough for authorities to look into him. Investigators have already proven there's nothing to the story, right? Well, actually, no. And that's what you need to know. For all that is here, there has not been one single public investigation of any of this, not from local police, not from the FBI, no one. And that has to be the big question, not for Podesta or for pizza parlor owners, but for law enforcement, based on what may be or may not be here. The big question is, why hasn't any investigation taken place? This is insane. So many people in the mainstream media have said, Pizzagate is a conspiracy theory. Pizzagate has been debunked. It has not been debunked. If it's been debunked, explain the code words. No one to this day, including John Podesta himself, can explain the code words in his emails. Hey, John Podesta, can you please explain why you have children rented for entertainment for your adult hot tub parties? No one has ever explained why John Podesta has literal pedophile and cannibalism paintings all over his office and his home. Tony Podesta too. And then you look into the spirit cooking dinners and you look into Marina Abramovic, who's the one that was conducting the spirit cooking dinners. Why are they going to spirit cooking dinners? Why are they sacrificing chicken samoa in their backyard? This isn't my words, this is their words. This is in their emails. I'd be willing to debate anyone who thinks that Pizzagate has been debunked. You asked me when, yeah. uh, when did, uh, how am I getting additional briefings? That, that was the first and last time I so talked October to you. So October 9th is the last time you've heard from the FBI at all? Yes. You have not gotten an update on the investigation my, to your personal email? That, that is correct. So not only did the mainstream media lie to you about Pizzagate, they actually told you that it was illegal to read John Podesta's emails on WikiLeaks. Chris Cuomo, with a straight face, on CNN, 
looked into the cameras and said, it's illegal for you to read John Podesta's emails. Also interesting is remember, it's illegal to possess uh, these stolen documents. It's different for the media. So everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. That's from how scared us, they are us, of those emails. Us. And that's how explosive the content in those emails are that they felt the need that they had to tell you you could not read those emails and if you do, you might get arrested. Why? It's different for the media, so everything you learn about this, you're learning from us. Yep, there we go. You can't read that. That's basically what it is. You can't, you, no, you can't look at that, you see, because <clears throat> for you, a layman, it's, uh, it's illegal. You, see? you can end up in trouble. Uh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, there, there's so much stuff here that it's just endless amount of material here. People, so some of you guys brought it up in chat too. All these other other weird circumstances of, you know, highly priced cabinets at Wayfair. Someone showed. I, I again, it's hard to know if all of this is true, of course. And I'm sure many times do they drop false things so that they then can debunk those and say, see, there's nothing to this. So you have to always be careful about these kinds of things. You can't just walk up and you know believe anything just because it's on the internet, obviously. But I know you guys have discernment on this front as well, uh, and you're not retards. But uh, be be aware of that. Uh, but you know, Etsy, Wayfair, like all the truly like strange you know things for sale with a very high pri high price tag. And of course, afterwards they're they're always taken down. People bring this to the people's attention, right? Anyway, the, it, and you don't have to even include those things. There's, there's enough here um, with, with with the strange terminology, the symbolism, and all this stuff, right? So instead, they deflated the whole thing by having that crazy shooter uh, at Comet Ping Pong in DC, and there's like, oh well, that, now it's now it's taken, now it's going into the IRL uh, in real life. This is dangerous. We have to shut this down. And of course, immediately. Uh, there's been uh, connections to this is what QAnon believes, and they're crazy. We gotta gotta censor them. We have to shut them down, right? So uh, I do want to show a couple of you know headlines regarding this as well, right? Remember this? Here's a uh, Facebook uh, employee uh, who, of course, were caught uh, in a child sex sting. Remember that? Uh, this is kind of people that uh, Facebook or now Meta uh, hires, for example. So that's interesting. They've been very uh, adamant about banning all other kinds of material, though. Yes, this is Facebook. We were talking about Instagram before, so it's a, a slight difference. But it's they're owned by the same company, right? They're owned by Meta. It's their responsibility. They're the ones who are supposed to, you know, take down this this pedophile stuff. But basically, they they don't they don't care about it. But they're banning so-called vaccine misinformation, though. Remember that. Facebook is banning white nationalism and separatist content from its platform. Yeah, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. I'm sure all these, uh, uh, you know, non-European groups and ethnic groups that uh, advocate for... I'm sure, I'm sure they're banning Kurds. I'm sure they're banning... Uh, what was it? Uh, <laughs> what was it? Humza Yusuf? We'll talk about this on Friday. It was a meeting with somebody now. It was a meeting with uh, uh, some... Um, Sikh separatists that want to ban Hinduism or some weird things like that, like hardcore, like, you know, ethnically, religiously separatist for them kind of thing. Is is that person banned from Facebook? Just as, as one example, Pro probably not. You know, you know what I mean, right? Uh, but there's other examples, too, despite the fact that, of course, Zuckerberg had mentioned, remember this, uh, back in 2019, October, Facebook won't censor political speech. Oh, of course. No, no, of course they won't. 
uh, do that. But uh, you see, white nationalism is not political speech, so we are banning that anyway. Uh, this is the, the, the most dishonest, disgusting people you can ever imagine. Zio Free over on uh, Odyssey says, uh, no response from ADL on this issue. Wonder why ADL won't go after another J-owned organization. Of course, they won't respond to any anything of that. In some cases, they're, they're behind it, uh, of course. Uh, Archie says, does Entropy work? I think it works. I think everything is good uh, on uh, on that front still. Uh, forget if they had a they had an issue for a little bit, but uh, yours came through, Archie. So uh, thank you. Appreciate that. If you want to super chat, entropyseum.live slash TV Odyssey, Rumble, support the show. Send us some shekels, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, get a move on. What the hell are you doing out there? All right, so we have good breaking news here, too. Mel Gibson is uh, allegedly making a four-part docu-series uh, on the $34 billion child sex trafficking market involving countries like Ukraine. But there's other countries here as well that are involved. This is good stuff. We had the guy who played, uh, what... Um, uh, Jesus, Jimmy Cavill, he did. He had a documentary as well recently. Uh, we watched the trailer. It was a, it was a little kind of little cringe, but overall, it's very good message in it, very positive, and that seems promising. Uh, so we'll see what <laughs> we'll see what Mal can do uh, in this scenario here. Because man, do we need pushback on this issue? Holy shit! It's just like it's a, it's just like it's a bunch of pedophiles out there. It's like pedophiles are running the show. Well, speaking of uh, Meta, though, because in the Instagram connection, you guys remember, right? That that uh, incredibly ridiculous uh, thing about the metaverse. That's why they changed it to Meta, and then people made fun of it because the name, yes, uh, connoted dead uh, in Hebrew of all things, right? Graphic is a little gray down below, but as you can see, dead. That was basically like how, how you interpreted that. So people are like, "All right, shit." That's like meta means dead. What possibly can be the what possibly can be the fate of uh, of Facebook in the beginning, right? Or or at the end here now, Facebook metaverse and and meta overall. Well, we had a, the obituary here for a metaverse uh, not uh, long ago by a Business Insider uh, from 2021 to 2023. Uh, they had a good run. It was uh, poorly executed. It was cringe. Uh, it was bad. We all enjoyed some of the promotional videos, of course, that uh, Zuckerberg did uh, to launch Metaverse. Uh, but essentially, there has been no mass adoption uh, of this issue, and it probably won't be. I think he still believes in it, and I'm sure they're going to try different versions. But you could argue, maybe is this some coded thing? It was meant to die because of the name, and now they're going to do 2.0, the phoenix rising from the ashes. This time, we're going to do the re... We'll see what happens. But Zuckerberg has been intensely uh, dedicated to this thing here of, of like uh, augmented and virtual reality and bringing everybody into the pod, pod essentially, right? And it sh should be mentioned, too, I actually missed this uh, to put it in the right pl place. But remember, Red Eyes and... and my personal and Lana's personal account was banned by Facebook, by Meta, um, because we were considered to be dangerous individuals. Remember that? Facebook's secret blacklist of dangerous individuals and organizations were leaked by The Intercept back in 2021. And, of course, uh, we made a joke about it at the time, but I was flanked, as they call uh, it, by Heinrich Himmler uh, and Hermann Göring. That's the good. That's the good stuff, right there, folks. So we just emphasize that point. We are dangerous. We get banned, and in the meantime, on Meta's own platforms, on their products, Instagram, uh, they still allow and enable pedophile content. Okay, got it. 
Just to make that clear, what really is going on here, Zafri says uh, Epstein led detective Joe Rakeri, Rakeri, I guess it is, um, or lead detective Joe Rakeri, died mysteriously at the age of 50. Is that recently? His fellow cop partner was given info on Epstein. He fled to Russia, chased by the FBI, really. John Mark Dugan, uh, he had to leave family behind. No truth. Uh, that can hurt elites globalist government official is allowed no of of course not you had that FBI whistleblower by the way too um, who came out and talked about uh, uh, some pretty incriminating stuff when it comes to the uh, the FBI and what they're involved in uh, they are part of the problem I mean that there's really no other way of looking at this they are part of the problem uh, they're enabling it they're probably part of the trafficking at some point I put a photo on our uh, telegram yesterday and it was like the FBI walking around in their pl pride uh, T-shirts, essentially, like the FBI logo and like, you know, these rainbow colors and shit like that. Mean meanwhile, of course, they're like not stopping pedophiles or enabling it. Uh, FBI agents are asking to go work for pedophiles. I mean, it's, it's the most corrupt, disgusting group and organization that there is, essentially. Uh, all right. Anyway, so back to um, back to the metaverse real quick, because you have uh, still people that are actually working on this. They still actually want to try to uh, make this uh, failed experiment their uh, their reality. Uh, they're using the headsets and kind of the metaverse overall to educate people. I think this is in Reading, if I remember that correctly. Was it Reading? Uh, a school in England. Check out this here. Would you send your kids to this metaverse school where pupils don't just learn about planets, they play with them? Okay, that Saturn is way too big. And they don't just read about hearts, they enter them. And you can see the flow of blood through it, and you can understand the chambers and the valves. It's literally walk through a heart. Redham House School okay. in England is trialling teaching children in the metaverse, using VR headsets to dive deeper into the subjects they're studying. We've used virtual reality across every subject as part of our pilot for virtual reality. Some of the most impressive things we can do are science experiments that would otherwise be impossible or too dangerous to do in a classroom. Saskia and Alex are Metaverse students and have been taking part in subjects from science to history, art and geography. It was really cool how I got to kind of put the heart in a different place because if, if you were in a normal classroom, you can't do that. Because in a normal classroom, if I went up to a human heart, I wouldn't go anywhere near it. Yeah. But in the metaverse, in the classrooms, it's like you're not holding anything, but you actually are. Because the digital version of Redham House School is a virtual location, the lessons are accessible for students anywhere in the world. The metaverse school is being developed by Inspired Education Group. Nathan O'Grady is project lead. But we can also use it in subjects like geography to have an instantaneous field trip anywhere in the world. We've used it in history to go back in time, experience things like World War II from the ground and understand what those atmospheres were like. We were doing a space topic and that was perfect. So we- You couldn't meet Adolf in the metaverse. Star, what's a satellite, that's a good setting. The retention is fantastic. Once they've seen something, they'll remember it. And um, there's a deeper understanding because they can manipulate an object. They can see it from all sides. They can see how it works. They can see the function. And so they really get a deeper, better understanding. We're here in front of the incredible building at Redham House Berkshire, the school that's been used as the inspiration for inspired education to create their metaverse school. The metaverse school is a digital twin, an exact copy of this building 
in virtual reality that brings together students from all around the world to be taught in virtual reality. So 84 different schools in 24 different countries. All right, man, that just looks like, uh, looks like shit, doesn't it? Would you send your kids? There we go. <clears throat> it just looks, just looks bad. I mean, it's like, really? It's like, is this the best it can do? I don't know. It's just, it, there's no, I'm not surprised that uh, this, uh, this died, to be honest. Uh, so uh, RIP Metaverse, it was, um, we don't, we didn't have a, we didn't have a good run, but it was nice to watch your promo videos. I'll tell you that much. All right. So we do have actually some kind of tech in this direction, though, uh, actually happening. I want to show you what, what Apple is doing. Uh, yeah, let me see here. Is it? Uh, yeah, Arch is Entropy isn't sending email confirmation. I guess they're fixing things up. Yeah, they've had there have been issues back and forth for a while. So hopefully they're still good. Otherwise, I mean, otherwise we just have to use, uh, you know, Rumble or Odyssey or something like that more permanently. But uh, thank you, Archie. I appreciate that. Um, M. Taylor says Shekels for one of my favorite dangerous individuals. That's right. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. So check this out here. Here is. Um, the Apple uh, version of this, right? Uh, it's still going to be, so it's not quite metaverse. It's not like immersive VR headset, but it's like projections AR, I guess, then augmented reality. You can watch things here. Look at this crazy ad that they released here called Vision Pro. my god that's what i want you folks right in the damn pod that's basically what this is it's the vr headset and uh they're selling it for uh three thousand five hundred uh american uh what was it doll harris you guys were saying i, I didn't catch that well like yeah when there's fucking 100 degrees in the studio i'm trying to do a show i can't keep up with every fucking little and uh, you know every little edgy uh, internet lingo all right anyway <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, uh, this is uh, this is fine. You know, this is going to be great, folks. Just and you saw, do you see that little gesture that I did with the fingers as well? This is like one of the first no-go zones I did. I did a, a show on like all this new crazy tech that they were developing and all these companies. And I remember one of them, it was probably Israeli or something, were doing that. They wanted to use the, the fine, they wanted to have like LiDAR and type of sensors in your environment that can sense like if you do this with your fingers, th that you can affect 
essentially like your your virtual reality or your augmented reality, whether it's a, a screen or knobs or turning things up or down or whatever it was, right? And that seems to be, unless that's not real and they're just faking that, that this vision thing is able to read your gestures in that kind of capacity now, uh, or some other kind of sensor, I guess. Uh, but yeah, anyway, absolutely uh, ridiculous. Uh, that's what they're aiming for. And of course, we've said this, we just included this too, before we move on to the next topic. This, the, the, all the AI shit is is truly frightening for various reasons, right? Uh, but it's but soon enough, they want to read your brain waves and they'll be able to tell if you basically are uh, permitting thought crimes, right? So, of course, as long as you have, uh, what would you have? You have the MR, MRI technology, I guess, or fMRI, I think it's called. As long as you can have those kinds of devices that you can actually like, just like beam out and read people's brains, uh, you could potentially pull this off. But uh, check what uh, one guy said about this latest technology right now. I just did one of the crazier interviews I've ever done. It's about 1130 at night on a Monday in California. And I was speaking to a team in Singapore in their workday that says they can read your mind using AI. Now, what do they mean by that? What they can do is they can put people, a handful of people, and I mean a handful of people, so far they've done it with three people, into an MRI machine, show them a picture of something, and then have AI read, not the image, but the brain scan, the MRI data, and then it reproduces the image that the MRI data, the brain scan, suggests to it. So basically, you show me a picture, and the AI shows you a version of that same picture by reading it out of my brain. Now, there are all kinds of ethical issues here. <laughs> I mean, in a world of greedy corporations and authoritarian regimes and the slippery slopes, we all know that the worst actors uh, fall down immediately when it comes to new tech. There's some really scary stuff here. And even the researchers say that they wouldn't necessarily be, be up for signing up for this in a commercial setting, that they only are comfortable doing it in this sort of academic kind of protected way. But the thing that was really interesting was it turns out that when you have separate people doing the same visual stimuli, when you show an image to two people, the thing that comes out the other end is very different in this kind of dreamlike hallucinatory way, it's similar enough that you could look at both of them and say, okay, that's a building, you know, or, oh, okay, that's a fire truck. But it's a slightly different fire truck at a different angle with a slightly different shade of red. And that difference is really interesting. On the one hand, they were pointing out that it makes computer scientists crazy that they get yelled at at conferences by computer scientists who say, you haven't represented the real truth of the image. But what they say, the, the, what they're most interested in, what the neuroscientists are interested in, is the fact that everybody is a little bit different and that those little perceptual differences speaks to something about how our brains process reality in this individualized way. Anyway, their long-term goal, and again, I'm not kidding when I say this, is that someday we'll be able to just beam images to each other without having to, you know, take a picture. And wow, well, that's going to be phone. great, huh? We're going to sort of revolutionize communication by making it a brain-to-brain -brain kind of thing. I don't know, man. That was a lot. That was a lot on a Monday. 
All right, so let me play the other fMRI. Fine, I can't speak here. It's like 100 degrees in here. fMRI. Check this out here. Another clip, which apparently demonstrates this tech that he's talking about. Okay, so it can like see reconstruct what you're seeing, but can it reconstruct your say what you're thinking, your inner monologue? Um, so here they did roughly this, it's a different lab, but roughly the same idea. They had people watch these videos and would try to reconstruct their inner monologue. Um, so here's the video. It's this woman getting hit in the back, getting knocked forward. Okay. And then what did the AI reconstruct? I see a girl that looks just like me get hit on the back and then she's knocked. Great, uh, great image that show of that woman being hit <laughs> from behind. Like, holy shit. Yeah, there was another, what was, uh, let's see, maybe we have that for later here, but there was some, uh, it's more AI stuff here, but uh, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, I do want to play a little bit of the Muslim uh, Islam kind of uh, LGBTQ fights as well. Sorry if you hear the noise in the background. I just have to leave the fucking fan on here. It's just too hot in here. Sweating. Uh, anyway, that's so, so what it is. Uh, something is wrong with AC. I'm just uh, n none can come out until like a week from now. So it is what it is. Anyway, uh, setting that to the side, um, I it just the point is while I'm playing this is this is t this terrifying tech. And so someone said, "Oh, this is old. They've done this before, or whatever." Sure, I know, but like they're rolling this kind of shit out now. How do you think they're going to use this? Like reading your brain and figuring out what you what images you're you know either seeing or visualizing. This is total fucking control here. And, and at that point, it's been revealed before, right? But the World Economic Forum are working on their, you know, m mind reading technology and stuff like that. They want you to share your brain waves with them, essentially. That's the next uh, step now. To we got to know what's in your mind, you see. They just, it never ends, right? They just want to pen it. This is a, the psychic dildo here, is <laughs> essentially, that they're pushing in. All right. Let me take a couple of these here. Um... Zyafries says, no need to travel or own a car, stay put and die quicker. That's right, get in the pod, just uh, just stay in there. Uh, that's all you have to do. Um, just, you can just, don't travel, you just travel virtually. You can go to the Canary Islands whenever you want to. It's going to be great, you see. Uh, so the person, uh, so the next person and take your pod. Less goys better for them. You will pay rent uh, on your pod with digital money. And then you tap in the Central bank digital currency in that good stuff. Pagan Bear said support what you like any way you can. Thank you. Maybe next time. Pagan Bear made me hyper chat. Thank you. QE Cap says AC Fund. Yeah, I don't think we need a new one, so thank you though. Stay cool, Henrik, and thanks for always bringing interesting content. Thank you guys. Appreciate that. Um, if you want to support the show, send us a super chat. That's a great way. All right. So let's tackle the issue that happened here in the uh, between Muslims and LGBTQ uh, people. <laughs> it's kind of funny watching this because, of course, it's always the, the diversity. Uh, diversity is going to save us and everybody's going to align against, I guess, white people or something like that. But, of course, that's not happening either. Uh, they're fighting with each other, in fact. Let me open up this segment by, once again, yes, I know we're in the damn uh, Pride Demon month here, uh, but let me remind you of just some of the things going on out there right now when it comes to the pedo shit. Check this out here. So proud of uh, Sister Roma and her work uh, in the community, and I'm proud of California for standing strong uh, in, uh, to support uh, LGBTQ people as our community is under assault uh, in the rest of the country. 
Sister Roma went on to say it's an incredible honor to have been nominated. She says being recognized not only means a lot to her, but the LGBTQ community at large. So that's, that's Scott Wiener. Do you guys remember who that was and what he did? Scott Wiener, remember that? He was basically like encouraging the age of consent uh, bill right in California and stuff like that. Uh, so there he is with this little uh, demon and nun or whatever the hell uh, that is said. That, that happened recently. Uh, here's some other stuff. Uh, I believe this is in California as well uh, during uh, sodomy month here. As you can see, a nice, friendly uh, children's show here. The back of a truck. Hans, get the Flammenwerfer. The fuck is going on here? Uh, here's the furries, the very finest, ladies and gentlemen, the very, very finest. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, that's that's America now, 2023. That's uh, that's you know, NATO will come in and enforce this around the globe if they have to, kind of thing. Uh, but of course, let's go back to the. There's no one. The arguments now is there's no one trying to indoctrinate the kids. No one is no one is grooming anybody, right? No one is. It, no, it's just all it is. It's the right for people who believe there's something else to have the, to have the freedom to th to to act out who they 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 are. That that's what you heard, right? No, 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 no conspiracy here. No promotion to kids, you say. No uh, actively engaging them in this kind of propaganda to rope them into this cult. Okay, check this out. I mean, look at this shit. Look at this fucking shit here. I mean, th this is a this is an induction. This is a uh, initiation into a, a a crazy, perverted child sex pedophile cult. That's what that's what this is. Oh no, we just, we're just celebrating pride. You see, no, nothing else is going on here. No, no, no. Of course not. Like, look at this here. The music and stuff. It's just it's truly wicked and evil, right? Uh, one more here before we get to uh, the, the fights. At, at least the Muslims are standing up. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean we need them or their belief system, like some people are now claiming. However, I'm li I, I like that they're fighting back. One more here. Here is people handing out this, the books that have been taken away from certain libraries and banned, yes, in certain schools. Uh, and of course, that's the type of books. They're promoting blowjobs to third graders. You know, lawn boy... Uh, yeah, we, we've shown some of these over the last uh, couple of years now. The most explicit, disgusting content you can imagine that they're trying to pitch to kids. So what do they do? Now they're riding around handing out these so-called banned books. Uh, check this out. 
Every year, me and my dad's march in a pride parade. And for the second year in a row, we marched in Buffalo with the Buffalo Bills. So this year was extra special because we raised over 500 books that are banned in Florida. And I got to hand them out to people supporting our community. It was so amazing to see how everybody was excited. LGBT literature is so important for kids to see themselves and their families represented. Our community and families will not be erased. Thanks to the NFL and especially the Bills for standing up against hate and letting people know that families like mine are not the problem and making it very clear there is no room for ignorance and hate. I'm so proud of my family and being part of Bill's Mafia. Happy Pride and let's go Buffalo! Oh, he's so cute with the kid. <clears throat> this is what it is, folks. This is what it is. Standing against hate. Yeah, that's right. They consider it to be part of... For, for them to not feel discriminated against, they have to have access to your kids. They need to indoctrinate your kids. They need to give them perverted material, uh, talk about sexual toys. They need to uh, tell them that they're something that they're not. They essentially need to groom the kids behind uh, the ba the backs of the parents, right? That Now, now that's us just us just living the way we want to do. Yeah, there's nothing coercive about this whatsoever, right? Clearly not. Uh, no, that's hate. You see, see how they twist the language? It's so perverted, right? Oh, then that's hate. Okay, so you, you say you attack pedophiles, and then you see that as a as an attack on the LGBTQ community. <clears throat> that says uh, it says something right there. But this is what they do. All they can do is to scream hate while they, of course, try to indoctrinate everybody around them. So it's with that in the back. Oh, by the way, I should say this too. You know how there's other books that kind of have been banned for a while? Do you, you know what I'm getting at here? <clears throat> we should walk around and we should hand out these books. I, I, I tell you one thing, though. They do they do organize these people, and, and a lot of us are just, you know, complaining and sitting on our asses for the most part. But, uh, you know, it, it's true that it's like they're trying to act now like they're the, they're the oppressed ones, right? Because, like, DeSantis passed some bill where you basically can't indoctrinate white kids that they're back, like evil for being white, which is which is good that he's doing those things. Uh, or, for example, like trying to pitch, I don't know, a sodomy to like, you know, fourth graders or, or whatever it is that they're doing now, whatever grade it's it's down at. Um, then they're seeing that as an attack on them, right? Well, this is a, an attack. It's a, it's a trans genocide because we can't, you know, provide this material to anybody who we want. We can't indoctrinate anybody we want. That's a trans genocide. Uh, I don't know, maybe we should uh, walk around and hand out uh, I don't know, Kevin McDonald's uh, Culture of Critique. There's a million other books, of course, that we could talk about that have been banned. Um, they're trying to pay, play like the, the cool, the cool, uh, you know, kind of, oh, our stuff is banned. Our, our uh, stuff is dangerous, you know, kind of thing. Okay, you're talking about banned books? Fuck, people are like uh, trying to post this shit. I've had their stuff banned for, for decades now. Uh, absolutely cr crazy how they twisted this and how they've turned this around, right? Uh, Zyrefree says, um, if they read my brain waves and see me thinking of Red Ice or No More News, I'm in trouble. Uh, maybe that's what they want to do. They want to try to shut down your ability to, to fight back, right? Uh, Glenda Chinaman, good see it, says, let them fight each other. Islam is still not compatible with the West. It's not. That's where I want to go next here, actually. Um, it's, I'm glad to see this. Pro-LGBT activists face off against uh, Muslims 
or a Muslim coalition outside a Maryland school who are protesting the removal of an opt-out option from sexual education uh, classes in this particular school. Let's play the video. Where are we? Here we are. Okay, here we go. Protect trans kids. <laughs> oh, there it is, folks. That's your uh, incredible diversity, multiracial utopia right in front of our eyes, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it's all about right there. This is why we're all, they're all going to unite against white supremacy at the end of the day. They're going to vote Democrat, and uh, they're going to make sure that uh, white people can't uh, organize anymore. That's what it's about. I'm not sure about uh, not sure about that. There are other places as well where this is happening. Muslims in Maryland are objecting to schools pushing LGBTQ pride. An Asian Democrat equates those Muslims to, can you guess it, white supremacists and bigots. The whites who are also objecting, but she suggests that the Muslims aren't quite as bad, presumably because they are brown. This is the new America. Check out this clip here. This issue has unfortunately put, it, it does put uh, some, not all, of course, some Muslim families on the same side of an issue as white supremacists and outbreaks. <laughs> and, you know, there are, however, the, the, uh, the folks who And they don't like hearing that, though. ...talked here today, I would not put in the same category as those folks. Although, you know, it's again complicated because they're falling on the same side of this particular issue. This issue has unfortunately... It's incredible, right? Isn't that incredible? We know about the comparison, obviously, right? But it's also this idea that like everybody can agree that white people are the worst ones. They don't like being equated. I mean, it's ridiculous that they are being equated with that, but it's basically like, see how they give you the, that, the, the binary option, right? These are supposedly people that are non-binary. It's, it's ironic, isn't it? Either you're with us all the way, whatever we push in every regard, 
or you're with the white supremacists. And so whatever so whatever the white supremacists <clears throat> like or don't like, they always have to be diametrically opposed, 180 degrees in the opposite direction. Otherwise, they're white supremacists. And that's that's the binary option. N- not that I care. I mean, I'm glad that they're kind of polarizing it in this capacity because at the end of the day, like, yeah, pick your side. It's, it's like these crazy, commie, anti-white lunatics. I'm going to chop off the genitals of your kids and sterilize them or you with sensible, rational people, right? That's what it's kind of. That's what it is. So a lot of this has been unfolding here over the last couple of days now. I think, especially yesterday, this this was blown up, and it's fun in a way to just see the hodgepodge and the mess of this. That like how you can, you are never ever going to run any kind of system that has all the same frameworks and all the same kind of ideas while you still think you're going to like please everybody right there's a, the more diverse our countries get in the west this is america right now but this is you know translatable to most other countries in the west the more problems it will get the more polarized it will get the more segregated it will get uh all the things that they supposedly thought wouldn't happen ironically uh is going to happen Yes, they, they're making damage on like white society at the end of the day, and that's their primary goal, I, I think, to be honest. They, they just want to replace white people, but they hope that we're, gonna, we're all going to mix out and it's going to be a kumbaya fest at the end of this or whatever. That is very unlikely. And the more they push, not only stuff like this, but the more they push some of their crazy anti-white shit, more white people are going to wake up to their own identity. They're going to discover that they're European. They're going to discover that people hate them simply for being white of European origin. Uh, And they are either going to have to start hating themselves and their own kids and join the other side or they have to come over to our side. And that's kind of the binary option that's that's arising right here. Uh, Night Nation Review says, I I literally have a Hans Getze Flammenwerfer video drop for crap like that. Yeah, I get a, I get a, we did a good one here for uh, one of the segments we did and uploaded I'll grab that too that's uh, it's not a bad idea thank you Night Nation Review Cyafree again says wonder who is financing this movement uh, the gay movement you mean follow the money but I, uh, I bet it don't lead uh, it don't lead to Saudi Arabia I guess who are the nations of the billionaires who are behind this yeah I mean uh, it's funny how a lot of those groups though and that, that that's kind of revealing itself in this you know, a little uh, tiffy, a little problem here that's arising between Muslims uh, and uh, these pro-LGBTQ people, that a lot of these Muslims are very, very uh, left-wing in our countries, right? They don't want to, for themselves maybe, they want to remain insular and have their own community and stuff like that, which I think at the end of the day, that's still a good thing. I don't want these people to integrate because ultimately I think it's better that they stay uh, that they, at the end of the day, they can go back home, right? If they hate us in our countries, they can go back home. They have a country just for them, full of their people, no problem, right? Uh, but so if the, if the left would get their way, and the anti-whites ultimately, uh, they would basically see us all uh, mix out, right? Race mix, essentially. And we would lose our genetic heritage and our legacy. And that would be a true catastrophe, right? That would be the fulfill, fulfillment of a genocide. And we'll talk more about this in a moment here of who's driving this too. But that would be not good, obviously. So, but we're so we're seeing them being hyper conservative in their countries, just like uh, Sadiq Khan or um, Himza Yusuf in Scotland now, who, who you know we 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 managed to to ruffle his feathers here, which was kind of funny to be honest with the, the video we did about him. 
uh, and now he's complained to the United Nations, and ter- this is terrorism, essentially criticizing him, right? But it, like right now as well, as I said earlier, we, we'll talk about more of that Friday, but he's like meeting with some uh, some separatist uh, Sikh, I think it is, who like, uh, well, you know, want to go his own way, essentially, and separate from in- Hindus and stuff like that. See, they can do all this shit. Uh, they can still do it in our countries. They can be super pro their own ethnic group and their own religious affiliation, and they want to have all that for them. But as soon as white people do it, massive problem, right? Huge problem. Uh, but I'm glad that they're fighting. They can have at it with each other, absolutely. Um, Sol Indignus says, uh, seeing the technocracy and the degenerate left spiraling so out of control so quickly really vindicates Uncle Ted, in my opinion. It, it, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, did he uh, did he die of cancer in, in prison? I forget if he actually that was real or not. I couldn't determine. I think it was, wasn't it? Um, a, a prophet, a great prophet, I guess uh, we should say at the very least, uh, who passed on. All right, so which gets, gets me to the, the next point here. Well, that means if, if we also just continue to think binary, that must mean that the only resistance we have is Islam, right? We have to, we in the West, and it's not that we can't temporarily team up with some Muslims in our countries to maybe to work to, towards a common goal. I think that will largely be impossible. I don't think they, for the most part, want that. Maybe it's a little bit different in some American countries and stuff, but try something like that in Sweden, very hard, or Germany, France, or something like that. It'd be virtually impossible, right? But I've seen memes like this flying around, like protection, right? Islam uh, with the burqas on. And of course, this is a, uh, a meme that they've taken and put their shit on it. Uh, because, of course, this was a, a just a normal white traditional family that were uh, the father were holding the umbrella, protecting uh, his family from this rainbow sludge here coming down. Uh, but this is kind of funny because the communist symbol there, right? I mean, there's plenty of plenty of like Islamic countries that have turned like, you know, embraced communism and shit like that, too. And they love their Netflix. What are you talking about? NATO? Yeah, some of them team up. NATO was on your side, for Christ's sake, in the in the Serbian Balkan Wars, for example, right? So this is inaccurate. It's largely inaccurate. We don't need Islam, okay? We don't need Islam in the West. We don't need this desert religion. It doesn't belong here. Will they fight back? Yeah, maybe they will on their own terms. And is that funny? Yeah, that's kind of funny watching that, to be honest, right? Uh, but there were some other classic ones. And partially, why? Because it's it's on most issues, it's just as, as cringe and cucked. There's so many of these memes I come across. If you search a little bit, you'll find them, right? N- not only this uh, Takia concept, uh, Lana brought up in one of their latest video on the on the Scotland police, how they're investigating Red Ice now because of the Humza Youssef video. But they're still, it's they're equally cringe, right? There's no racism in Islam. See, you can you can be anyone from anywhere, but as long as you convert to Islam, you're equal, right? So here you got. Uh, a Turk, an Indonesian, an Arab, an African, a Chinese man, an Indian, a British, <laughs> a British man, and an American. Yeah, they're very, they look very British uh, and American, by the way. Now, it's true that they might be able to unite in their weird little cult, too. And, uh, sh- like, if that's what you want to do, sure, go right ahead. But this we all bleed red stuff is, is just cringe and dumb. Uh, and it's just not it's not it's not real a reality it's never going to work for us in the west right europeans are never going to go up and, and join this uh, crap anyway um but the, the, the takia concept right which is basically like they can lie they can do things uh, to the infidels to the kufr uh in front of their faces and lie to them right in their face if it advances their interest in islam remember andrew tate 
Same thing there, same cringe thing. Let me zoom in a little bit there, but same thing there. What you're going to see is you're going to see a lot of this, a huge gay op of people starting promoting this stuff and thinking, oh, well, here you go, West. This is your only option now. Uh, Andrew Tate said, black, white, Arab, we all worship Allah the same. Islam is the instant and final cure for racism. Muslims are brethren. They never do wrong to each other. They never forgo supporting each other. They never abandon their brethren in hardship. Uh, so, of course, you've seen a lot of this uh, cringe promotion of this, and they're trying to sell it to us. So it's like, well, well, there you have it, folks. The Muslims are setting up a little bit of an opposition here. I guess, I guess we're uh, that's it. Checkmate. We we have to join them uh, and uh, and push back. No, it's like if they can push back on their own uh, uh, terms, good. That causes more, uh, you know, more attention on them and what they're doing, and uh, it takes off at least partially <laughs> the eyeball uh, of uh, people like us who basically just want to restore order to our countries. Uh, there's others here too. Check this out. Here's uh, Armenian. Uh, did I bring in that clip? You got to see this. Yeah, Armenians are clashing. No, I didn't. All right, you got to see this. Armenian Americans are clashing with basically left-wing Antifas, right? Trouble in paradise, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the non-white brown populations who were supposed to be the big cuddly teddy bears uh, and the assets of Antifa, not so much. This is in uh, Glendale, California, by the way, a school board meeting as Armenian Americans clash with Antifa. Families are angry that the elementary school, elementary schools, are celebrating pride events. Police have declared an unlawful assembly. Now, the big question here, of course, is will Anna Kasparian uh, rein in and take responsibility for her bigot ethnic group here? That's the, uh, that's the big question of the hour here. All right, so there you go. <clears throat> Big problems in uh, paradise, uh, as I said. <clears throat> We're not going to solve it by uh, embracing Islam in any kind of capacity. Uh, now, having said, I like this one thing I liked here from Tate. Uh, it's a, he's a cringe um, uh, pimp, for the most part, who's like uh, uh, pitching out uh, European girls. So I don't like him, partially just for that reason alone. But this was it was it's always good to see a BBC journalist getting a decent kind of uh, spanking. It doesn't mean you have to embrace uh, Islam just because he's like said a good thing once. But anyway, check, check this out here. Because you have no time to actually watch my content at length and understand what I'm saying. You have small pieces of paper, small clips on a piece of paper, and you're trying to pretend I've said evil things. And then you're going to say I'm the most dangerous man in the world, which is truly laughable. Do you believe I'm the most dangerous man in the world, Lucy? I'm not answering your question. Well, then we need to change the dynamic of this interview because, and I'll make this clear, I allowed you into my home. I'm doing you a favor, giving you the first interview I'm giving to the public. You don't come here with a position of authority. You're not the police. I don't respect the BC. I don't know you. We are equals. We are people. And I see you as my equal. And if you ask me questions, I can ask you questions back. For you to come here and sit down and pretend you're the Gestapo and that you don't have to answer my questions, is disingenuous because this is a conversation. I don't owe you any degree of authority over here. Because you have no time to actually watch. Yeah, that's a good. Can we can we slow that down at the end there? Let's see. That's a good. That's a good face she does there. Hey. Let's lower that a little bit there. There we go. <clears throat> at least he you know took uh, took charge of this media who are here, <clears throat> so-called journalists. Right? I think we're done. He's almost crying there at the end. So, you know, good for him. But that doesn't mean 
that we have to embrace Islam. Okay. <laughs> but I'm seeing a lot of that, like, you know, it's kind of like, well, well, uh, this old Soviet countries, they, they haven't gone LGBTQ. So that means communism must have been, must have been good. It, it, it preserved something kind of thing. Um, and I hate, I hate to agree with the, uh, the terminology of the LGBTQ crowd, but uh, yes, no, you got to step out of the non-binary thinking and, and thinking there's only two uh, options for you. There's uh, not only a third and a fourth and a fifth, there's probably 500 options of what we can uh, and should do. So speaking of this here, though, I do have to show you why. why well, they're certainly not our friends. Uh, remember what they did? We had three crusades, right, or whatever it was, in response to all these attacks on Europe by Muslims and Islam. Uh, they have kidnapped our women, our young. They have taken white slaves, the Berbers, the Moors, right? They've done this uh, over centuries now. Uh, these people are not our friends then. They're not our friends now. Uh, and even if you might be able to, uh, I think, again, this will be mostly imp improbable and, and probably impossible. But let's assume that you can line up with them for a little bit to push back against some of the LGBTQ stuff. Okay, good. But after that point, no, it's going to just fall right back to the issues that we were experiencing before. Uh, and of course, there's other interests here as well. Uh, there's Jewish leaders who have been pushing for Islamization of Europe as well. Uh, it's all the same with these desert religions. They consider this to be a conquest of Europe. And if you call them Amalek or Kufar or whatever, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you can pause and check some of the quotes here yourself from Rabbi Baruch Efrati, from uh, Rav Ta Ta Tayuti. And I actually have some clips here too. We're going to play uh, Daniel ben uh, Cohn Bendit. Uh, and of course, everyone's favorite, everyone's classic, Barbara Spector, right? Barbara Leonard Spector. Uh, here's a couple of clips to underline this part as well, that the mass waves of Muslims we're seeing into Europe is, of course, advantageous. Uh, not, only, not only Islam, who are seeking to expand into our countries, uh, but also to Jewish activists, be they religious or not. Maimonides writes in a censored passage in his writing, it was taken out by Christian censors in the Middle Ages that he saw both Christianity and Islam as being very worthwhile steps to wean the ancient world away from paganism and to give them a sense of morality and ethics, even if it didn't always play out that way. So... Uh, That's right, desert ethics. Here's more. Every government in the world has a secret government behind it that run the show. If you think that the president, the prime minister, you think they're doing it, they're puppets. 100% puppets. They control armies, nations, governments, all the money in the world, all the richest families in the world, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers. And I can tell you already one thing, that anyone that somehow made money within a very short span of time has to be part of it. And you think that Mike Zuckerberg owns Facebook? He's a puppet. Facebook was created for their manipulation. Same thing with YouTube, same thing with WhatsApp and Instagram and Netflix and everything. How did Netflix became so big within two years? Only with the power of the ultimate un endless money of the world. And it's much more than that. World War One, 
was designed by them. World War II, designed by them. Federal Reserve, which people think belongs to the American government. Doesn't belong to the government even. It's a private organization. NASA, CIA, the assassination of JFK, who was the first one who ever talked about it, got a bullet in his head. And needless to say, the attack on the Twin Towers, it wasn't Bin Laden. It was all one big agenda because they needed to go to Afghanistan. You know why? To put pipes in the sea. It's all one big show. We're being fooled and, and millions of Americans are cheering. We're going to a, a, a war against terror. No, you've been fooled. And you think it's different in Israel? You know that Israel was built by the Freemasons, by the way, by the Zionists. There's nothing here kosher. Who approved? Who approved the Declaration of Israel? The United Nations, of course. An organization of peace and unity and we love all. It's a terror organization built by the New World Order. And they approved the Declaration of Eretz Israel. All the founders of the country of Israel are Freemasons. Spilling the beans a little bit there. Uh, here's one more here from a rabbi admitting uh, what's going on. Uh, and this is their words, not mine. As a result of uh, this apprehension, many uh, people of European background are looking for for those who are responsible, wish to blame, find the people they can blame and uh, attack for what has been going on over, in some cases for decades, in other cases more particularly over the last few years. And it is true, unfortunately, and I think this needs to be frankly admitted by Jews all over the world, that there are, without doubt, Jews uh, involved in those movements and those uh, organizations, very often NGOs, etc., who promote this uh, phenomenon of third world immigration into the, into the Western countries. And the conclusion of these Europeans and Americans is that uh, the Jews are behind this policy, that this is some kind of Jewish conspiracy to water down uh, white American or white European societies or to inflict irreparable damage on these societies. In some cases I've seen claims made by such people that the Jews are doing this deliberately as an act of revenge. It's getting way too hot in here. I'm going to wrap up right there, but uh, some stuff to take away. We're going to end right there. Been a good show. Thanks to our executive producers, T. Lothrop, Stoddard, V. Miller, Rasen Revolt, Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, Chalky Milk, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeebs, President Obunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, the Ride Never Ends, Francis Parker Yockey, Jill Bob, Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, Purple Haze, and JP. Thank you to our executive producers. We also have producers. Ms. Walker 696, Yuhan Son, Leroy Dumond, Snark Pop, Eyes Open, Mr. Lemry, Yuri Nu, Obadiah Hakeswill, Single Action Army, and George 
Porsche. So thank you guys. We appreciate all of you. Thank you so much. Uh, if you do want to get one of those, definitely check them out. It's uh, executive producer tier or a producer tier. That's what we have. If you want to help Red Eyes to grow further, please get one of those special supporter tiers. You get your name in the credits at the end of the shows as well. We're going to start put a, I think, a shorter version of those in the clips as well. So you guys feel thanked, you know, because uh, we do appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. See you guys later. Take care. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.